Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. 1850 text 083 96 email opinion at 96fm.ie. Half the world may be in lockdown, but it's business as usual in Studio One on this Monday morning as we tackle the scourge of the coronavirus and we try to tackle it together and we try to do it right and we try to do it, we're told, over the next couple of weeks and follow the instructions of the experts, not the buffoons on social media. And when the experts tell us to do something, we should just suck it up and do it for the next while. Won't be easy, but we have to try. They closed the pubs last evening, and there are those who think we may go into lockdown even further. At the moment, don't believe anything you hear until you either hear it here or you hear it in an official source. Because it's not true. We're not going into lockdown at 11 o'clock. There is no urgent announcement at 10 o'clock. The army will not be on the streets at half past nine. Not happening. At least not till you hear it officially. Now, uh, Lord Mayor, Dr. John Sheehan. John, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. And I'd like to address that first. There is a lot of hideous, hysterical nonsense out there first. We're asking people to listen to the facts and only from factual sources. That's correct. And I, and I think, in fairness, PJ, you've been very good and that your station is very good in getting the information out where, particularly when people can be a little bit isolated. Um, there, there's nothing to suggest that there's going to be a lockdown, that the army are going to be out on the street, all of those type of things. Um, you know, I could see a situation where restaurants and some shops would close and more things would close for a lot of reasons. One, because of the, the whole distancing thing. Two, their businesses' footfall is probably very low and three, out of concern with their, their staff and they would just make the decision, listen, everything else is closed. There's no point in us being open. We'll shut up shop for two weeks as well. So I can see that happening um, a bit more. Um, but there's nothing, as you suggested, there's nothing, there's no big announcement in them or anything like it's that. It's terribly unfortunate in terms of jobs and the stability of people's wages. These decisions are not reached easily. No, they're not. And as, you, as we, we saw over the last few days, they have big implications in terms of staff, in terms of people's employment, um, in terms of uncertainty, in terms of business viability. So businesses have taken a huge hit. Pubs, restaurants, hospitality sectors. Um, unfortunately, you know, there's people going to be laid off. Um, construction industry. I know many people in the construction industry because they can't access certain sites depending on where they're working. So some of them are on notice. Yeah. So it, has, it is having huge implications right throughout society. 
Let's look at some of the, the issues pertaining to, to the medical profession. And first of all, a lot of concern over the weekend, John, that several branches of South Dock, including the one in Blackpool, closing. What's going on? That, that's correct, PJ. And I was working on South Dock on Saturday, uh, Saturday morning in Kinsale Road. And the reason for that, there, there's a number of centres have closed. Um, the, the one in Blackpool and Formoy, McCroom and Yall and a few others. And the logic behind that is, 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 is a few reasons. One, if we have the two centres open and then we have a couple of cases in, one cent- in the two centres, we'll have to close both centres for a good period of time um, so you can't maintain the service. So it makes sense that you have um, spare capacity in terms of uh, one centre uh, offline so that you can burn it on if needed. The second reason is nearly all our, our, our calls now are being done by triage. So the same number of doctors were on at the weekend as if two centres were open, but just six of us happened to be um, in the Kinsale Road Centre. And the reason they picked the Kinsale Road Centre, it's the bigger centre so it can cope uh, with, it has more rooms and has more consultation rooms, so it can cope with a bigger number. And most of the calls are being done by uh, triage. And if we have to see people, depending on their symptoms, mm. um, it involves going up and uh, protecting them and they wait in their car, etc. But the waiting room in the, in the Kinsale Road Treatment Centre is much, much bigger than the, than the Blackpool one. Yeah. So that distancing that's required can be achieved. So it made sense to have one centre and to concentrate it, uh, on one centre. And then if that centre, for whatever reason, if there was an outbreak in that centre... That pool is there as a backup, and that's the logic behind it. So the same number of doctors are working. We're working in a very different way, and I have to say, I've a you know telephone triage. Uh, it, it went bananas at the weekend, but you know we had six doctors working um, um, on that, um, and that's the, but that's the logic behind um, temporary closing all those centres so that they are there in case they they are needed. What happens if I get sick or a loved one gets sick with something that we know is not coronavirus, but we need to see a doctor, need to see one pronto? What do we do? You, you, you ring your doctor uh, the same as you, you, you usually do, and the doctor will talk to you and see, one, can they manage the, the case over the phone? And two, if they have to see them, they, um, they see them. That's, that's what we're doing here and in practice this morning in Blackpool. And most of our work will be on the telephone, such as routine repeat prescriptions or queries about the coronavirus. But there will be some people who will need to be seen for whatever reason. And we, have, we, we will arrange that, we will organise that, we will try to reduce the contact down, time down um, and to sort of low times. But if someone has respiratory symptoms or symptoms of the coronavirus, that's the concern, and they're the ones that people don't want presenting to A&E or to their doctor. Yeah. Now, in terms of testing, and, and we know from listening to the briefings, Dr. Holohan and his crew giving us the briefings each evening, That, um, but let's make it as simple as we can for people. Up to last week, John, getting tested for the coronavirus was difficult. Now it's been changed, and there's much more access to tests as of this morning. That's correct. Um, so up to last week, what was happening is if someone had symptoms and they were in the contact areas, such as Northern Italy or China, then they could be referred to public health who would screen them. And then if the public health uh, doctors felt it was appropriate, they were being referred for testing and the National Ambulance Service was coming out and um, testing them. What has changed now is that if patients come in and the criteria has been broadened, people don't necessarily have to have been to one of those high-risk areas, then if they contact their GP and if they fit that criteria, they can be referred directly for testing. The GPs themselves 
won't be doing the testing because the testing is actually quite involved and there is, um, the National Ambulance Service has been doing it but there are also special centres being set up in the mm. in St Mary's Health Campus and Matina is also, I believe, where people will be tested. Now, there's a couple of things to remember about the testing, PJ. Um, one is there is no point in testing someone if someone has no symptoms, um, if they're just worried, because the test will not be uh, of any use. Right. You will only pick up symptoms, you will only have a positive test if someone has symptoms such as high temperature, coughing, um, or feeling right. unwell, shortness of breath. So we're hearing about this period of time, which the estimate seems to be changing all the time, but this period of time when you can have the virus in your system, but you're not symptomatic, in that time a test will show up nothing, is that right? That's correct, that's absolutely correct. So there's, there's no real benefit um, mm. in doing it. And, and um, do we know how long that time is for certain now, John? We don't. We, we suspect it's a number of days, but the honest answer is we're not, we're not exactly sure how, how long it is. And that's part of the, the challenge, I suppose, yeah. of managing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just have to play it by ear. But if you're, if you're not feeling sick, there really is no point in, in, in looking for a test. Let's come back to the, the city and, and running the city. And all the pubs uh, closed last night. We know, like we said earlier, shops and restaurants, restaurants in particular, may start to, to shut down loads of jobs. Uh, will be on the line and loads of businesses will struggle to, to reach their overheads over the next couple of weeks. Will they still be charged their full whack of rates at the end of all this by the City Council? Well, yes, I was, we were talking to the, the City Management about this and we're having a briefing of councillors uh, later on today. Um, this is a national issue, Peter, that's affecting everyone nationally. Now, uh, obviously, City Council will treat everyone a case-by-case basis, but it really is going to be something that will probably be, have to be decided nationally, given the impact that it has having right throughout the um, the country. I will be very surprised if there isn't some. I mean, because there has to be, given the circumstances that has that has happened. But there is no blanket derogation from city council. It's a really case by case basis. They will meet people. They will work with people. And um, really, we're not going to know the full impact of this for a while, is the honest answer. And yeah. um, but City Council will certainly work with people on a case by case by case basis. Okay. Finally, let's come back to use a term, or to maybe you can explain a term that is doing the rounds. Um, it's flatten the curve. Now, what does that mean to flatten the curve? That basically means all of these measures that are currently being put in place. And I have to say, Peter, I feel. In fairness to the emergency uh, public health um, doctors, they've called it right. I think England, have, UK have called it wrong. Yeah. Um, there's two things but all, all of this is trying to do. One is to reduce down people who get um, um, COVID-19 and the coronavirus. So to reduce down the total numbers, to reduce down the number of people who are sick. But also to avoid that big peak where it suddenly rapidly spreads throughout the area so that if people are getting it, it's getting slowly and um, rather than this big surge. And that's what happened in Italy. They had a big, big surge of cases. The hospital and healthcare systems in nearly every country won't be able to cope with that due to the demands for intensive care beds. We have approximately 250 intensive care beds in Ireland. So if we have a big surge, we're unable to cope with the demand for intensive care beds. If it's slowly and if it's given out slowly, then you're you're able to manage it. And it's a bit like if you think of a, of a flood or rain, if water comes down a river, starts a fairly measure to find, if it comes in a big, big wave, you're not able to cope with it. And that's the same logic behind it. Okay. All right. Well, here's hoping 
that we can stop the spread and, yeah. and halt and it. Like, can I just say one other thing, Peter? Yeah. One of the things that really struck me in the last few days, I know on Thursday when the big announcement occurred regarding schools and things like that, there was a sense of sort of panic and anxiety. But really what has just so impressed me over the last few days is the spirit of people um, sort of looking out for each other, trying to help each other, trying to give information, give help. You know, there really, really is yeah. a, a fantastic spirit out there. And I'm sure, you know, you've heard it with your listeners. Indeed. And, um, you know, looking out for that. And that, that is very, very encouraging, you know, for people. Can I ask you one question? And I'm, I'm probably asking you to speculate, which is maybe a little unfair, but maybe I'll ask anyway. There's a sense, John, I certainly have it myself, that, that and looking at Europe in particular, this will get worse before it gets better. Is that a fair assessment? I think it is. I, like, I would be very surprised if our cases don't go up um, significantly over the next few days. And I think we just need to be ready uh, mentally for that. One, because we're testing more. But two, all the predictions will estimate that the numbers will go up um, significantly before they start going down. So I think you're right. If you look at Italy, you know, Italy seems particularly badly hit. But, you know, you saw it taking off in Spain and things. So that's why when you see the briefings and when you see the things about closing schools and pubs and the flights and things like that, that's the logic behind it. The feeling is this can get significantly worse and we need to act now. One of the things I really strongly feel is that we're much more ahead of the curve than, say, Italy was um, in terms of dealing with it. I think, you know, we were learning from what happened in Italy and I think that's, um, for our advantage. Okay. All right. Listen, we'll um, we, we'll we'll leave it there for now, and we will uh, come back to you uh, throughout the week. That's uh, Lord Mayor, Councillor Dr. John Sheehan. With regard to the rates, just to repeat what he said there, they'll have to consider this on a case by case basis when they know the full impact of this when it's all done and dusted, which I think is probably about as much as he can say at this stage. A lot of people looking for a rates break, a rates freeze until it's over. We don't know how long it's going to last. In terms of taking hard decisions like closing pubs and closing schools and what they're doing over in Britain, I just can't make head or tail of it. We should remember that the head of this, the guy who's considered the world expert in stopping virus spread is a fellow called Mike Ryan. He's Dr. Mike Ryan. He's from County Sligo, but he's an executive director at the World Health Organization. He's been doing this now for nearly 25 years, and one of the things he's had to do is slow down Ebola and slow down SARS and slow down loads of other things. And he's considered to be the global expert at slowing this kind of thing down. And he said at the weekend, we really need to take hard decisions and not be afraid to take hard decisions. And we will be talking in a few minutes to some people who have been affected already by hard decisions, pubs, hairdressers, other businesses. But this is Dr. Mike Ryan from the World Health Organization on the importance of hard decisions. The lessons I've learned after so many uh, Ebola outbreaks in in my career are be fast, uh, have no regrets. You must be the first mover. The virus will always get you if you don't move quickly. The problem in society we have at the moment is everyone is afraid of making a mistake. Everyone is afraid of the consequence of error. But the greatest error is not to move. 
the greatest error is not to move. He's the global expert. That's Dr. Mike Ryan. These are the people we should be listening to. 1850-715-996. Coming up, some businesses affected by this. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Solid Fuel Depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Great deals on all solid fuels with seven-day delivery. SolidFuelDepot.ie. In line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Listen, before I move on with this, some happy news. I'm delighted for this young man. Cork and the world has a new professional snooker player. Aaron Hill from Cathedral Road defended his under-18 title and then won the under-21 title. He's the first ever European to do the double. He now gets a two-year golden ticket as a snooker professional. Thanks to you, PJ, and your team for the coverage of Aaron on his journey so far. We're a very proud family, and so you should be. Uh, the Hills... Well done, Stephen and Aaron and family. And we've also got Ross Bullman to watch as well. Two very exciting young snooker players from Cork taking the world by storm at the moment. Look forward to seeing Aaron Hill on the professional circuit. 1850-715-996. Joe Byrne, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. And, and happy birthday, my friend. I heard all about well, it over the weekend. But <laughs> Thank you, As a hairdresser, Joe, have you made decisions here? We have, um, PJ. We've decided to close the salon. I decided yesterday I contacted all the girls and we're trying to get, get it out to our customers. Um, we're closing, hopefully not for too long, but until we're really told to safe to go back. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. PJ, it's been an awful day yesterday. I must say it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make and one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I have a lot now in my stomach over it. But what can I do? You know, it's there to protect the staff and to protect all our customers. I've lot of elderly customers. And I'm just terrified somebody might end up catching it or yeah. spreading it on or something, you know. And our salon, a small PJ, as you know, so we're all very close to each other. And in our business, we're very, very close to each other. You know, it's, yeah. you can't be meter apart cutting someone's hair, you know. No, it's and it's difficult in your little salon to even be a meter apart, customer to customer, let alone anything else. Absolutely, PJ. You know, you've been out there, you see what it's like, and we're all on top of each other. Great. But at the moment now, it's just, it's just not on really, and we we have to make. I had to make this decision as hard as it is. It, it's, I think it's the right decision to, to do. You know, I think it's the right decision to make. So what what's happening with the staff now? Do they have to be laid off, Joe? The staff have to be laid off. Have to be laid off. Myself, PJ, the staff are laid off. Yeah, they'll have to try and sort themselves out for, for the next foreseeable future. And um, we've had a good chat about it. They all agreed to the right thing to do. They're very upset. They were crying and crying yesterday. You know, one couldn't stop crying all day over the, not just over losing her job, but over the whole situation. Mm. Um, you know, and getting people, it's all temporary hope. It's hope. You know, we're hoping we can be back within two weeks, but we just don't know. You know, as you know yourself, nobody knows what's going to happen. You know. Yeah. And is that um, the hardest part that no one can tell you? And if they do tell you, they're lying to you. No one can tell you, Joe. I'm absolutely certain that in two weeks it'll all be over. No one can is, tell you that. That is the hardest part, Bridget, and it's very difficult. Even with clients, no, I can't say we're definitely back in two weeks. Mary, hang on there for us. You know what I mean? No more of my clients will understand than we'll hold on, I hope, and we appreciate what we're doing. But it's just the unknown, the not known, you know. We've all got loans, we've all got mortgages and things like that, you know. And mm. um, all those things still have to be fulfilled, all those payments still have to be made, you know. Is it time now, do you think, Joe, for, for banks to look favourably 
on businesses like yours, particularly small businesses like yourself? Totally, PJ. Like, I mean, I can't, I, you know, they'll have to really, what else can they do? We are, otherwise, we still won't be able to pay, so they'll have to be able to do something to facilitate us, either just freeze us for a few months, free any loans we have, banks, credit unions, anything like that, car loans. They'll all just have to be frozen because this, is, this isn't, isn't of our making, you know what I mean? So we have no choice, have no choice but to close. I've always, I've never gone into behind in any any loans or anything like that. Now I'm terrified that I'll be in, um, what they call it, that you'd have a bad credit account or something like that if you don't meet your payment, you know? Yeah, those rules really need to be relaxed and put on hold until all this is, is, is settling itself. Totally, PJ, yeah, absolutely. And I didn't, you know, there's a huge depressed feeling going around at the moment. All the girls just were so upset. There's just a sense of, as you say, a sense of unknown what's going to happen when is it going to end? You know, everyone seems to want to get back to normal, and normal seems ages away, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Will it ever end? You know, we know it probably will at some stage, but that's a huge cost. It's going to be a huge cost to Joseph Salesman and, and to our customers, and our customers are going to be devastated that we're not there. But, you know, I think they'll appreciate the fact that I have to do this. Mm. Well, you know what I'm hoping, Joe? And I think. I, I, I'm, I'm long enough a Cork man, which is all my life. I'm long enough to know that the people of Cork will look on local businesses like yours and say, you know what, the minute Joe's doors are open again, we're back. I really yeah, hope yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, and I've got huge messages like that. Oh, well, here we go down to our, <laughs> yeah. our knees, Joe, where we'll be waiting for you. Can't wait for you to come back and look after us. And very, very positive. Even one woman said, do you want us to buy vouchers for you to keep you going for the salon? You know what I mean? Things like that. Okay. Um, great, positive, positive attitudes. You know what I mean? And another one said, you're putting the community before money, which is very true and it's something we have to do. Have know? to do it. Have to do it. All right, listen, mind yourself. Stay safe. Give our best to Darren and yeah. to all the staff and look after yourself, mate. You too, PJ, and all the gang there. Thanks very much. And all my customers. I'll see them all soon. All right. That's Joe, Joe Bourne uh, from Joseph's Hair Salon in at Lachine. They've decided to close for the duration. And that's the problem. All we can say is the duration. Everyone's talking about the 29th of March. Uh, the 30th of March. Let's don't kid yourselves. That's a guess now. No one knows for sure. S- Saturday morning, um, as I often do, I took my son for breakfast. Um, and we were practicing the social distancing, sitting on a big wide table. It wasn't difficult because the pub we went to was absolutely empty and it would be a place that on a, on a normal Saturday morning for breakfast would be packed out the door. I'm talking about O'Sullivan's Jono's in Douglas. Donald, good morning. We spoke on Saturday. Place was deserted. How do you feel about the decision to close them now yesterday? Well, we, we closed yesterday at four o'clock. Uh, we made notes on Saturday. We just felt it was the right thing to do. It was the way it was going. People were self-isolating anyhow. Um, so, uh, I think, you know, it had to be done, yeah. uh, and it's the correct decision. Yeah. I just, the only thing I'm disappointed in is that the, the, possibly the government didn't insist on in it, instead of leaving it up to us and, uh, um, to close before that. I, I, I felt on, on Thursday morning or Friday they should have closed us, like Spain and like France and stuff yeah. like that. Should he have gone with the pubs and then when he went with the schools and all those? Well, very shortly afterwards, yeah. yeah. And wh- and wh- why, why did that make such a difference, Donald? How do you mean? In terms of doing it Thursday or doing it Sunday, why did it make such a difference? Well, 
we, we closed before the government announced it, um, yeah. and, and, and loads of pubs are, did close before that, and loads of pubs and restaurants had closed before that, because it was the right thing to do. And I just felt that it left it up to um, us to get the brunt of it from the, the negativity from the public for being open, and, so that, and we made the decision to close, but I just felt it should have been done by the government before that. Yeah. This is going to be very hard for businesses. I mean, you have a decent-sized staff and a very large pub, but, like, overheads... Well, I suppose closing, does it keep the overheads down to a point? Um, it does, but we have a core set of staff that we want to be able to look after, and, and we, have a, we, we, we have 70 people. We've built up, like, uh, we, a lot of students, uh, you know, they'll understand. But then we have a lot of people with mortgages at home and stuff, we have to worry about them as well, and... and uh, um, you know, it's it's extremely difficult. Like, we're here since 1954, opened in 55, not myself personally, but my father before me. And it's just, a, it's like, it's the first time this kind of thing has happened. Um, like, we shut our doors yesterday to the unknown. And I don't I don't believe it's going to be two weeks. I believe it'll be longer than that. Yeah. And and, and we'll open when, when we're told we can open. And we'll open when there's positivity around. There's no point in haphazard opening, you know, mm. saying it's nearly safe. You have to be 100% safe and open with a plan. So... What I get from you here, Donald, and I imagine you're not you're not the only one, is that you've now closed, all the pubs have now closed, and you certainly will wait until either Dr. Holohan in his evening briefings or, or Minister Harris or the Taoiseach or whomever appears on the television and said, right, you can open the pubs again. That's what, it's, that's what this is about. I don't think we can open before that because there's no point in opening and everyone still has to be a metre apart and all that. You know, that, like, that doesn't work in a social setting, so... Like I, 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 I worry about when we will, will be opening again. I don't see it being in the next. I don't see it being just two weeks. Personally, after I, I Easter, know. you think maybe. Maybe when, like they said, is there anecdotal evidence that when the temperatures go up, that the spread calms down? I don't know. It's in Australia and the temperatures are high there. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. It's a worrying, very worrying time. Is the unknown the hard part, Donald? Like, if you were able to say we're closing and we're open again on the 31st of March, that would be certainty. But you can't, can you? No, 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 no. We, 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 there's, there is no known quantity. We will, um, there's definitely, I, I feel there's definitely three to four weeks from this. I, I would say Easter would be a target. Yeah. And are there places that will never open again? Uh, I'd like to think the fact that this is everywhere, you know, that there will be some understanding. It isn't just, it isn't just me. It isn't just like we say the shopping centre. When the shopping centre went down, went on fire, that was a Douglas thing, right? And everyone in Douglas suffered as with that, right? This is a nationwide or worldwide thing, a nationwide thing. It's a Cork thing. Everyone's in the same boat, and I feel that everything. I feel that everything will pause. You know that that um, you know that that we will start where we left off. I, I'm hoping. The only thing is that people will broke when like people's wages will be cut and people won't have money. But the, it will when it, when it restarts. I think it will restart quickly. Yeah, we will have to think though about relaxing things like credit rules, like thirty day bills, that kind of thing with suppliers. Everyone's going to have to work together at the end of this, whenever it comes. And to be fair, no, uh, like. We've got emails from, like, Diageo emailed a couple of days ago saying they were extending the credit by two weeks. I don't think they knew everyone was going to be closed, now, to be fair, and they'll come back and they said they'll uplift product. You know, like, they're doing as much as they can do, to be fair. Uh, I'm sure the two weeks will be looked at 
because there's no like everyone's going to have to look at their suppliers and the suppliers like but then like suppliers that's all very well for the likes of Palace Foods and Diageo and the Heineken Arts of this world which are really really big companies but then you have the small companies that supply us coffee you know like Mars Coffee supply coffee to all over the Cork and stuff like that and all to people that are now not open to sell their coffee so I, I like it's the smaller suppliers that are going to be under pressure as well which is really, really sad. Yeah, something will have to be put together. Thank you very much. That's Donald, and we'll see you in a few weeks when you're open again. Hopefully, Donald, that's Donald from O'Sullivan's pub, Jono's, in Douglas. All the pubs closed uh, since last evening. Uh, Postman says, tell you who won't be affected. The parcels at Unpost. The parcels are gone bananas. It's like Christmas this morning. I'm wearing my own latex gloves that I bought last week. People aren't even signing the scanner. People are terrified. Good to see social distancing in operation though. Caller wants to know, does anyone know what's happening with the foster care system? I'm quite upset because I don't think I'll get to see my children. I've been told nothing yet, but I wonder, are they thinking this out? I will check that for you, caller. I, I know a little bit about how this works, and I, as to the best of my knowledge, to the best of my knowledge, both the social work offices in North Lee and South Lee are remaining operational for as long as they can throughout this because they're considered an essential service. That's as much as I know. What about factory workers, Munster Joinery, Alps, Costal, where people come from all over? Should these places not be closed to stop the spread? That could be the next step because what's happened in Spain and what's happened in Italy and what's happened in France increasingly is that all but food shops and pharmacies are closed. That's the next stage of lockdown. The garages should bring back petrol pump attendants for the duration, says a call. Kate says no matter what's happening, St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow, people will be stupid enough to have house parties. Well, I sincerely hope that they don't, but Kate, I fear that you may be correct. Caller says Bandon Mart is going ahead today. They've heard already there's about 2,000 animals there. One of the busiest days yet, very concerned. We have a query in. What about businesses not embracing social distancing, no sanitizers, letting people cough in a queue, no money handling precautions, a lot of businesses needed. Why aren't they closing the restaurants, says another call, or at least the ones with tables close together. When are they going to enforce social distancing? Oh, and by the way, do you remember Caroline, who I was talking to on Friday about her wedding? She had downsized it, uh, but wanted to go ahead with it. Caroline's been in touch to say she's cancelled the wedding. The bar and the hotels will probably be closed anyway. But Caroline called us to say that she's had to cancel the wedding. Uh, had an email from Mags O'Connor at Corn Store and Cockbull to say very, very tough decision made yesterday, but happy that we've called it for all our customers and friends. We found ourselves in unprecedented times. We've all been taken by surprise at how quickly things have changed. And we look forward to seeing you all again very, very soon. Till then, take care of yourselves your families and keep an eye on other and rem- others and remember health is wealth and that's from Mike Mags at the T and the team at Corn Store and Cockbull and we know all the pubs are closed uh, since last evening but if you've got a restaurant or a business that you've had to close and you'd like us to mention it uh, then we will opinion at 96vm.ie just get the message out, you, out there to your loyal customers and you know what when it's all over and my friends over it will be let us be certain of this. We don't know when, but over it will be. People will flock back to their local businesses. Uh, now, Teresa 
and a couple of other people were on to us over the weekend, stranded in Lanzarote because of the Spanish lockdown. Teresa, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good, good, good. Now, you're trying to get home since when? We're trying to get home since uh, Sunday. Okay. Is it uh, Saturday? Sorry, Saturday. Right. When were you due yeah. to travel? We're not. We're, we're due to come home on Saturday. This Saturday, Saturday coming. The twenty-first. Yeah. Right. Right. And we've tried to get through to Erlingus. Twelve hours yesterday, we were trying to get through to Erlingus hotline and the whole lot, and absolutely nothing. What, what information were you getting at that end? Nothing. Absolutely nothing, because when we, when we came over, there was absolutely nothing on the island. Yeah. Over here, people were out enjoying themselves. Yeah. And it was only Friday evening that we heard that there was uh, <clears throat> a coronavirus on, on the island. Yeah. The number of cases in the Canary Island, uh, Canary Islands in general, quite small. Yeah, very small. Be- because it comes under Spanish territory. That's it, yeah. It's we subject to, to the lockdown. That. So so have you got a flight now? Yes, we have. When are you travelling? We've got a flight for tomorrow, quarter past 12, to Ryanair. We had to pay for it, like, but we don't care. How much um, did it cost you? Uh, €1,070 for the three of us. Crikey, that's nearly 1100 yeah. quid. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And is there any way any of this will be covered by your insurance or anything like that? I, I don't know. I'll have to try and get through to my insurance company to find out if I if I be covered like. Yeah. What what part know. what part of Lanzarote are you in? We're in Cape Yeah, I'm, I'm here, yeah. Well, we're in, in Port of Carmen. Port of Carmen. So that would be re- over a weekend now, that'll be really busy. D- d- and I, oh, and yeah. I know it well. D- describe it for me. Is it completely deserted now? Oh, completely deserted. Nothing, no one out. Yeah. Like we're, we're in our apartment since Saturday evening. Right. And we haven't moved outside the door of the apartment. We went and done, done a bit of shopping. And we're, <clears throat> to be honest, we didn't even need the cleaners in to clean the apartment. Yes. We, we were actually doing that ourselves. We sterilised the whole lot. Yes. Ourselves. Yes. You know, I know people might say we were, we were wrong to come out, but at the end of the day, we came out when there was nothing here. Yes. You know? No, you went out in good faith. You went out in good you faith did. because you nobody, did, yeah. first of all, nobody expected Spain to go into lockdown quite so quickly. And secondly, no. people forgot, I think, particularly people in the Canary Islands, forgot they'd be covered by it. Yeah. You know? They did, like, I mean, even the workers here, the workers are, I tell you now, they're absolutely brilliant. Yeah. In the complex that we're in here at the minute, they're, they're, they've been to over backwards yeah. to give yeah. us all the help that we need. You're in one of the big ones, are you? Yeah, we're in a, it's, it's a beautiful apartment complex that we're in. Excellent. All right, all right. You know, I come to this one all the time, like... Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. it's it's a it's a very well-known part of Lanzarote, the old, the town, the old town there. And to, to think of it deserted on a Saturday night, like, that's, that's mad. I know, that's I know, mad. I know, yeah. I know. It, so, it, it's hard, it's here, hard, PJ, you know? Mm. And especially when you have family back home yes. that are worried about you. I know, you know, I know, I know. Well, you staying out of it. And stay safe. Oh, yeah. And if see, the thing is, if there's nobody out there and there's nobody in the streets, it's very unlikely that on your way to the airport you're going to pick this thing up. With the help of God. You know? With the help of God. Yeah. And are you going to have to isolate now when you come home? That's the other thing. I, we don't know. We don't know. But I'm, I'm going to ring my doctor later on to find out what 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 we have to do when we go home. If I have to, I will, PJ. Yeah. You know. I know. I know. Well, listen, I safe, safe home. Because I know, no matter how, no matter how bad things are, you still want to get home. 
Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah and I tell you, only, only for... <clears throat> yeah, I can't think of the lad that I was found on your radio yesterday, and Fargal. Without you, I'm telling you, nothing would have been... We know we wouldn't have heard nothing. All right. Well, look, we appreciate you, know? you saying that. Um, we're just yeah. we're just here to do what we can for, for the people that listen to us. Teresa, safe home. Mind yourself. All right. Thank you, PJ. Thank Take you care. very much. Bye-bye. 1850-715-996. As someone put it in a, a phone call to a programme I was listening to over the weekend, we can't see it. We can't hear it. We can't smell it. We can't touch it. So we've no way of knowing where it is. Is it near us? Is it on us? Is it on our fingers? We don't know. It's an unseen, invisible, undetectable enemy. And that's scary. James, you're also in Lanzarote. Good morning. Hiya, PJ. How are you doing? Any luck getting home, mate? Yeah, uh, we'll be home tomorrow. uh, Quarter past 12 flight. Right. And we were lucky to get it right there. Erling just left us down. Terrible. Terrible. You were supposed to fly with them. When were you supposed to come back? Yeah, we were supposed to come back on uh, 24th, which is Saturday. Right. But no one was um, no one was telling us anything whatsoever. We were hearing not. All we were hearing was with the BBC one on, and they were only all about the British. But yeah. nothing was coming in about Ireland. Yeah. And um, we met people in the lobby here where we're staying. They were after being out in the airport and received no information whatsoever. There was no one out there whatsoever from Ireland tell them anything, and a lot of them had to come back into the complex. Yeah. So, is it just, you had to buy flight, is it Ryanair you're home with? Yeah, we come home tomorrow with Ryanair, and only for family and friends in Ireland, we'll be still here, to stay tried and tried yesterday to get us back. And what are the flights they costing? Were that, they were that worried. Uh, 1,070 euros. Oh my goodness. Um, expensive enough, whether we get it back or not, through insurance, is another thing. Yeah. But, um, it's just terrible the way we were left. We were left. I mean, uh, yesterday evening, um, Simon Coveney, Minister for Foreign Affairs, was after getting a report on uh, RT uh, 6 o'clock news, stating that we'll all be out by Thursday by 12 o'clock, so we got to change dates. Mm. All dates seemed to have been fine right up to Saturday, but we were still being told we'd have to be out by Thursday. Mm. And so the people next week had to change their dates to this week to get out. Every time we tried to go into Erlinger's website, nothing was coming up. We were being shut down. Yeah. You know? And eventually then I got through to Simon Coveney. And I had a, I had a talk with Simon Coveney. Oh, you got through to himself, did you? I did. Okay. I did, yeah. I spoke to him. How did that go? And um, it went well because he said to me there was a meeting going on between Erlinger's and Ryanair and they were getting out big planes and with the aviation in, in Spain. There was a meeting going on. But we were being told that the planes were stopped, but there were, people were still coming into the island. Because the on Saturday morning, I think it was, I may be wrong on the timing, but I know I certainly saw it at the weekend, uh, there was a flash <laughs> came up that a lot of um, flights, five flights in total, had been turned around, like Jet 2 with one airline, had to That's turn right. around That's in right. midair and go back to Britain. That's right, yeah. yeah. That's right. But other, others but continued that. to get in, I assume. They did. They did. There was people still coming in. And there was people here yesterday. They had. They were after being at the airport twice. And when they got there, they were after being checked through. They were from Dublin. And they were after being checked through. And all of a sudden, when they got inside, just heading for the runway, they were told to get back out and go go back to the apartment. Yeah. And they were after paying for flights as well. And then they had to re- rebook again. 
Wow. There's hope that all of these people will be looked after by their travel insurance, yourself included. Well, you wouldn't need, but in fairness to Simon Coveney, he helped us out Good. and told us what was happening and explained everything to us. Good. But what, what, got it, what, what upset us was it's the dates that Berlingus were giving, that the flights were still running up to Saturday. Right. But then again, Simon Coveney was saying, we've got to be off the island by 12 o'clock on Thursday night. Yes. Yes. And that's where, the, that's where the mix-up was and people started to panic. And you're going to have to isolate yourself now, James, will you? I presume so. Uh, we're not sure until we go in unless there's someone in, in the airport when we go over uh, that will tell us what to do. Um, whether we're to isolate or not, I presume we will have to. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're worried? We just have to wait and see. We are indeed, because we've got a lot of family over and we're all very close. And... Uh, they're, they're, they're worried as well just yeah. to get us back, you know. As I said, if we knew it was going to get as bad as it was, we wouldn't have came out. Yeah. But everything was running as normal. I think a we lot of people were caught short by the Canary Islands because they were. we, we, we knew it was on the Spanish mainland, mainland and it was rife there. We knew yeah, it was no. on the Balearics, but we didn't think... We knew that... Well, we'd heard about the original cases in Tenerife, but the word That's from, right, yeah. was that it was a very low... There wasn't much going on in the Canary Islands. Very no number of cases. I think twenty cases along across all the islands, or something like that. Yeah, you yeah, know, and yeah. and and most people were making a full recovery. But at the same time, yeah, yeah. it comes under the Spanish right, lockdown. I, I think what happened here is when when the, the Spanish Prime Minister um, came out and it came out that his wife had it. Yeah, and things started to change over here very quickly. Yeah, everything started to uh, shut down. Warnings started to come out. All right, you know. Okay, that's look, when things have to really change. Yeah. James, safe home and hope you stay well. And if you do have to go in, into isolation, it's probably for the best. Oh, definitely, yeah. Right. Definitely. Cheers. Definitely. Thank you, James, and safe journey home when it comes. 1850 That's James and Teresa, uh, both stranded in Lanzarote, flying home tomorrow on, uh, I think, a Ryanair flight, they said. It's costing them about 1100 uh, euro to get themselves home. The number to call if you need any information, and thanks, Kevin, for, for bringing this up uh, on Twitter. Ring the HSE number. Uh, it's one 850 Your GP is probably inundated with all sorts of different, of different um, inquiries. Yeah, just getting an updated figure from the Canaries. Yeah, my figures were, were out of date because I hadn't looked since about last week. There were 63 cases across the Canaries three days ago. That's seven, seven islands, the seven inhabited islands. There were 63 cases, probably more there now. There probably are more there now. Uh, indeed, the Canary Islands Ministry of Health, 63 active cases, uh, seven recovered, 70 accumulated cases confirmed so far. Thanks for that, Fergal. Updated information. 1850 Gobi buses have now suspended all services as per their website. Uh, Mags wants me to say that credit where it's where it's due, Simon Coveney has been outstanding since the beginning of this crisis. Frank says people, uh, this is via WhatsApp, people in the Canaries were naive thinking the COVID-19 wouldn't get so bad, blaming everybody else but themselves. They should never have gone. Ignorance is a blessing, isn't it? Well, people, when they have holidays booked and saved and paid for, Frank, they will take a chance until they're told not to. They will take a chance until they're told not to. That's what's going to happen. 
If they're told not to, they won't. Hey, just listening to the people you have on about being stuck in Lanzarote, we were on the Ryanair flight out of there last Saturday when we landed. The only people we saw were two at the passport control, nothing else, and not a word about isolation. The airports were, were they not supposed to start checking people coming in? What is the situation with the airports? I know any, any, any query you send to an airport official now will be directed off to the Department of Health, which that's what they've been asked to do. Mario says, hi PJ, firstly thanks for keeping us informed and for being so candid and direct at your approach in a calm and factual way. Thank you Mario. I really hope our government can be as direct and honest with us. The biggest problem is the uncertainty. They obviously have a plan in place, I would hope. We grade the weather for God's sake, so why not grade the stage we're at followed by plans for what action they'll take as it goes up a level and so on. Maybe uh, yeah, like most of us short-term plans with a goal to long-term Help us cope and to plan. Be safe and with togetherness and a bit of cop on, we will get through it. Patrick has a garage in Upper Glenmire, Donovan Auto. Very quiet over the last couple of weeks as people aren't going out. He will go out and collect cars for servicing if people need him to and they can pay him by card. PJ, please don't mention my name on air. I feel I need to bring this to the attention of the public. I'm a staff member of a company that delivers to every door in the nation five days a week. The lack of sanitary measures by this company is positively criminal. No wipes, no hand sanitizer for staff. We even had a staff member walk out today because of the lack of hygiene. or any other staff having this problem? <laughs> Catherine says Lottie Ryan didn't practice much social distancing last night. And a caller who doesn't want to be alarmist, but... Didn't Nostradamus predict 2020? If you don't want to be alarmist... Yeah. By the way, just been told by the executive research desk at a good social distance from me here of about 20 feet that Simon Coveney will join us on the show after the 10 o'clock news. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. The Cork guy who on Twitter would like to stockpile me... Deirdre and Fergal. Trust me, Koipu, we'd probably have each other killed in an hour. 1850-715-996. Text us 083-396-9696 in your email opinion at 96fm.ie. The attitude we're trying to take on this program is that it is serious. It is very serious. It is probably going to get worse before it gets better. But let's hope that we just pulled together. Um, Connor's a taxi driver. There's no work out there. There's nothing open. Can he claim social welfare? Now, if anybody self-employed is listening, you can claim welfare by applying online. Uh, if you have a PSC card, public service card. If you don't, you've got to go into your local entry office. But if anyone's self-employed, and a lot of the taxi drivers are self-employed, then you, uh, you, you will be able to claim welfare. Now, Let's take a call from uh, Tonishta and Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Cobley. Simon, good morning to you. Hi, PJ. Thanks for having me on. It's a scary time, and it's been more. It's getting more scary since we last spoke uh, on the program. We have a lot of people yeah. stranded uh, in Spain and France and Italy. What are your instructions? Well, just just before I answer that question, PJ, can I just you know say very bluntly to people who are listening this morning that 
people need to be careful with where they're getting their information from. Uh, and they need to listen to radio stations like yours uh, and RTE and others uh, to ensure that they're getting accurate information because the government are making you know, enormous decisions that impact on people's lives in a major way. Uh, and so it's important that people know what's happening uh, and that uh, some of the false rumours that have been spread on social media uh, that have caused panic uh, and concern and anxiety in people uh, need to be shown up for what they are, which is grossly irresponsible uh, spreading of information. Uh, and so, you know, we are we're going to have to change the way in which we live for the next few months, the way in which we move around, the way in which we work, if we're lucky enough to have work, um, the way in which we travel and so on. Um, but we need to make informed decisions on the basis of good advice from the HSE, from the government, from other state bodies and from media outlets that you can trust. Uh, and so, you know, I took a lot of calls last night from people who, uh, who were asking me whether there was going to be a, a national lockdown at 11 o'clock this morning, yeah. uh, which was complete nonsense, uh, but spread by somebody who was deliberately trying to uh, create um, problems uh, and anxiety for people. And, you know, as you know better than most, uh, the, uh, the media world we live in today is about instant news cycles, uh, and everybody is a journalist online now. Um, but there are some people you can trust and some people you can't. Uh, and I think that that's a very strong message. And we'll be working with, with you and other okay. uh, you know, other organizations to try to get the right information out to people so that okay. they can make the right decisions. Let's talk about the people who are stranded, particularly in holidays er yeah. holiday areas like the Canary Islands. Now, I've been talking to people there before 10, Simon, and it's after costing them an absolute fortune to get Ryanair flights home, like €1,000. Will they be able to get that back from their insurance? Well, look, just a couple of things, first of all, right? Uh, yesterday, I spent the day uh, talking to Aer Lingus and Ryanair and to the Spanish government. So, you know, there are some very large airlines that will be stopping flights to Spain in the next 24 hours. Um, our two airlines will not be stopping flights. Uh, and that's why I've said to people uh, that if you are in Spain, and there's somewhere between twenty and 25,000 people across the Canary Islands, the, the Balearic Islands and mainland Spain, uh, we need to get them home. Uh, they need to take this uh, advice seriously and they need to rebook uh, on Aer Lingus and Ryanair flights. Um, and our advice is to get home before midnight on Thursday if you can. Uh, and both Aer Lingus and Ryanair are putting on flights to try to facilitate that. Now, the, com the, the, the complaint seems to be that you can't get through to either of them and you can't get anything from the websites. Okay, well, um, the a couple of things on that. First of all... Um, uh, Aer Lingus are putting on larger planes to, to try to bring back more people uh, on less flights, if you know what I mean. They, both airlines have said that they will have enough capacity to get all of these people home uh, by Thursday. Uh, and if there are extra flights needed, as long as we can facilitate them uh, on Friday and Saturday, then they'll do that as well. Um, but I think people should plan on trying to get home before Friday if they can, unless uh, their airline specifically tells them that they'll, you know, that they will uh, bring them home on Friday. I think that's the case in terms of some passengers in Lanzarote at the moment. Have you spoken um, to the airlines about not exploiting people with yes. ticket prices? Yes, very directly. In fact, this morning, um, and so um, what the airlines have committed to doing is that if people are changing their flight schedules, in other words, if you were due to come home in ten days' time and you're now 
uh, rebooking effectively to come home tomorrow or Wednesday, uh, then they're not going to charge anything for that. Um, but it, it's people who have booked and have flown out on a different airline and they're looking to come back with Aer Lingus and Ryanair uh, and they're booking a new flight effectively to come home. Uh, there seems to be some evidence that some of those bookings uh, are costing a lot of money. Well, and we're talking, we're talking to the airlines I spoke uh, to people. Sure there, there, there is evidence price gouging going on. That, um, I spoke to two people before ten, who were supposed to come back on a flight next Saturday, and they're now coming back on a flight tomorrow. And both of them are parties of three people, and it's costing them over a thousand euro to get home tomorrow. Well, what I'd say on that is that I have a commitment from the airlines that they will not charge any extra. For, for, for changing your flight. So in other words, if you were due home with Ryanair on Saturday and you're now coming home with Ryanair tomorrow, it shouldn't cost you anything financially. And the same goes for Aer Lingus. What I can't say, though, is if you flew out with EasyJet or with some other airline um, and you are now looking to come back with Aer Lingus or Ryanair, then that's effectively a new booking. Now, I have made direct contact with the airlines to make sure that, that, um, that airlines aren't abusing the position of people in terms of their anxiety to come home. Um, and uh, and I have an assurance that the airlines are looking into that now to make sure it doesn't happen. I just have a message from Vince, who's in Lanzarote, who wants me to ask you a question. He said, we were supposed yeah. to fly home last Saturday with Aer Lingus. The flight was cancelled three hours before we were due to travel. Couldn't contact Aer Lingus. On Sunday, had to play 1,017 for a flight home on Thursday and then 300 for five more nights accommodation. Yesterday, I was able to ch- change the flight online for a flight to Dublin. The issue I have is I should have been able to rebook a cancelled flight for free, but I was unable to do so. My question is also, should I be able to get a refund off Aer Lingus? They've been impossible to contact, and I'm very frustrated. Can I just explain what happened there? Because uh, the cancellation of those flights was not Aer Lingus' fault. Uh, The the air traffic control system in Spain uh, effectively came under a lot of pressure because a lot of people simply didn't turn up for work. That's my understanding. Um, that was before Spain declared uh, a national state of emergency. Uh, and so since since that happened, uh, I've had conversations with the Spanish government and they have said that under uh, a, a state of emergency, it's the responsibility of the government to make sure that basic services like air, air traffic control are in place. And they have said that they will facilitate flights now this week. And so hopefully we won't see a repeat of uh, flights being cancelled at short notice. And in fact, some some flights from the UK actually had to turn around in the air yeah. and fly back to the UK because of the air traffic control issues. So, so I mean, what I'd say to people is, look, bear with us here. Um, um, and in terms of the legalities around refunds and so on, is really a matter between between airlines and passengers. And I don't want to start over promising on that. Yeah. But 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 what I will say to you is that I spent a lot of time with the CEOs of both Aer Lingus and Ryanair yesterday, uh, and both of them are trying to work to ensure that passengers will be accommodated and treated fairly. Uh, in terms of pricing structures and so on. What about insurance companies? It might be worth your while having a word with them, Tanishta, because they're the ones who can help people here. Yeah, uh, and I, yes, they are. Uh, and, uh, and we will expect them uh, to honour uh, the, the commitments that they've made in, in policies and so on. I mean, this is going to be a very, very expensive time for the insurance industry, uh, but that's what we have in insurance industry far, is, is, is to protect people who have cover 
uh, when unexpected things happen. Uh, and so we do expect the insurance industry to play its part. I, would it not be a thing the government could requisition or charter planes to get people home in an emergency like this? Yeah, and we do that uh, in extreme situations. And so, you know, what's gone under the radar that people, and, and it hasn't been covered at all is, for example, Ryanair sent two planes to Poland. Uh, they regarded them as rescue flights after Poland actually closed their airspace. Uh, they negotiated to actually send in two flights to bring Irish people home. They did the same in Morocco, uh, just quietly got on with it. Um, but look, my job as the Minister for Foreign Affairs is to make sure that we look after Irish people who are abroad and if they're stranded, uh, we give them good advice uh, to ensure that they can find a way home. And we have a call number uh, that people can, can use if they're abroad and that's available on the website and you'll see it on social media as well. Okay. Uh, and, Do you have and, it to hand? And we have and we have, yeah. Uh, people, are listed, people are listing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just get it there as we're speaking. But, okay. but we, will, um, uh, we will keep those, those call centres open. Uh, actually, 24 hours a day, we kept them over, open over the weekend uh, and we've staffed them accordingly. So the number, uh, if you're ringing from abroad, yeah. is 00353 for Dublin yeah. and then 613 and if you're ringing from Ireland, uh, in other words, if you have family abroad and you're concerned and you want to get information, the number is 01-613-1733. Okay. And, uh, and if you want to put that up in your system, we have, um, we have uh, enough people taking calls. We have a sort of a small call centre now in yeah. the Department of Foreign Affairs. The biggest um, problem we are, seem to have... That are looking after people. And I appreciate that. And I'll read those numbers out again. The biggest problem we have, like Katie on, on Twitter said, look, my parents are in Tenerife at the moment. They can't contact Ryanair to rebook. There's nothing on the website. How do they do that? Vincent, the same in Lanzarote. He's listening out there at the yeah. moment. You can't contact them. So you can't change flights if you can't contact them. Well, no. So so my understanding is that, is that Ryanair will be facilitating a lot of this online. So what they have is a schedule online this week, which they intend on following through on uh, until midnight on Thursday. Um, and so um, if you go online and look to rebook your flights from an existing booking uh, onto another one, they should be facilitating that. But, they, but they're also saying that they will be contacting all of their customers in Spain by email uh, who, uh, who need to change their flights. And if that's not happening... Obviously, I'll be hearing about it and we'll be talking to Ryanair to, to make sure that it does. Uh, and likewise, in relation to, to Aer Lingus, uh, because of the numbers involved, uh, they will try to do this by email and online as much as possible rather than taking, taking calls. So Aer Lingus reckon that they have about 8,000 passengers in Spain that they need to bring home this week. Uh, and Ryanair think that yeah. their number is somewhere between ten and twelve thousand. We're getting we're getting answers, as you'd appreciate, Tonishta, in real time from people actually trying to book at the moment and staying yeah. still nothing available on the websites. Yeah, well I mean look, all I'd say is that we, we effectively you know, signed off on this arrangement in terms of trying to get people home this week yesterday evening. Um, and I, I can only assume that the airlines are, are trying to put systems in place now to make sure that people can follow an instruction online uh, to rebook. Mm. Um, but people don't need to panic. They don't have to come back today. You know, they do yeah. have until Thursday and, you know, potentially... Why, why Thursday? Uh, the day after, if necessary. Well, look, look, I mean, we had to pick a day and, you know, people have been reading all sorts of things into this. Like, just so I'm clear on this, 
the Spanish government has not said that they're closing airspace after Thursday midnight. Um, but, but we think, given the way aviation is in the European Union at the moment, it's changing by the day. Uh, countries are closing borders, closing airports. Uh, and we think that uh, we can certainly provide uh, a degree of certainty up until midnight on Thursday that I think I can stand over. Um, uh, So that if people book flights, they are likely to be accommodated on those flights. Beyond Thursday, then I think think that becomes more uncertain, is what I'd say. So, So, I mean, I have to pick a point in time talking to the airlines. You know, what should we say to people in terms of solid advice? what we agreed was midnight on Thursday. Okay. Um, Aer Lingus have said that they will probably have Sorry, to... Sorry, no, this does sound like an awful silly question, Simon. Is this midnight Wednesday night or midnight Thursday no, night? Thursday night. Midnight Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night. night. Thursday okay, night. that's fine. And, and Aer Lingus have said that they may well have to put flights on on Friday and Saturday as well. Okay. Uh, uh, and I think it's important to say that. But, you know, if, if people can, my advice, uh, given the information that I have uh, and the changing sort of travel arrangements across the European Union uh, is that people would be well advised to book in the next few days and to try to get home before Friday if they can. And to people who, as I said, are messaging us now in real time, keep trying, it will come up. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And, uh, you know, you can call our number if you have a problem. Uh, and, I'll read that uh, number out in a minute again. Yeah, yeah. And I would expect, I would expect the airlines also to be doing a lot online today mm-hmm. And also to be emailing customers uh, to to keep them up to speed because, you know, obviously people are anxious and families at home are anxious. Um, What I would say is actually Spain is in lockdown as a country, including the Canary Islands. Everybody is essentially in their apartments staying put. Um, So, you know, you don't need to panic here, but you do need to take my advice and to act. Uh, Go online rebook your flights. It shouldn't cost you uh, anything to change flights. Yeah. Uh, if you're booking with Aer Lingus or Ryanair for the first time, having flown out with a different airline, well then that's a different matter, but we are speaking to the airlines to try to make sure that there is a fair pricing model in place. And hopefully there'll be some insurance cover as well. Yeah. Um, just, just, What about people coming in then from danger areas, lockdown areas like France? Will they be tested? Do they have to be tested? Yeah, so, well, no, they won't be tested in the airport, but what they will be, so if if you're coming from a country that we have advised against non-essential travel to, so in other words, Spain or Italy at the moment in Europe, uh, well, then people coming from those countries will be advised uh, on what they should do from a health perspective when they land, uh, and they will be more than likely advised to limit their movements, mm-hmm. uh, and if they have any symptoms whatsoever, Uh, they will be required to self-isolate for two weeks. Yeah, because we're hearing again a message last night from someone who flew in to Cork Airport from Malta and it was just as business as usual. Yeah, well, so um, we take decisions in relation to our public health team's advice. So if we're giving advice uh, that a country is essentially ahead of where Ireland is at in terms of the spread of this virus, in particular Spain and Italy, uh, well, then, if it's if I'm advising people not to travel there on health grounds, then we need to ensure that people who are coming from those countries are also given very clear health instruction when they land here to make sure that they don't pose a risk. Um, Malta is not in that category. It's actually considered more or less the same as Ireland yeah. in terms of risk levels. Uh, and so it's different. But look, people need to use their common sense here, too. Yeah. There's a lot of information out there now. 
if people feel in any way concerned or worried about their own health, they should be self-isolating first yeah. and they should be contacting their doctor second. I think you need to have a word with the powers that be at Herlingus Thonishta because again, uh, one of the people currently stranded in Lanzarote has managed now to get onto the site of Erlingus and trying to book a flight. And what has happened is, yes, there's no fee for changing your flight, but miraculously, the cost of the ticket has trebled. So €508 Euro a seat is what they're offering on flights home at the moment. Like, that is, you're going to have to take them in hand here, Tonishta. Yeah, yeah. no, look, I'll follow up on that, PJ. Um, and, I mean, we're in contact with Erlingus now multiple times daily, uh, I expect. So I'll, I will follow up on that after this call. If that's outrageous, that's outrageous. Just on on the general terms of this, um, Tonishta, and look, a lot of people, in fairness, being very complimentary of, of how how you yourself are are dealing with this. Um, but in general, the the feeling is that we have to be prepared for this to get worse before it gets better. Is that is that a fair assessment? It is, you know. And I mean, let me just run through the predictions that 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 medical experts are making and I think this will make the point in itself so you know what we're preparing for as a country uh, is that up to 50% of the population could get this virus um, uh, that's two two and a half million people uh, and if you anticipate as many uh, doctors will uh, will that that up to maybe one percent of people who get the virus uh, could uh, could die. Uh, you know, that's 25,000 people. And the things so, we're being so, asked so, to do now, so, like social so, distance and not going out, can that, will that mitigate against those yes. huge figures? Yes, it will. Uh, and that's why we're doing it. And that's why we're asking people to to make decisions that they would never normally make in uh, in a normal situation. So all of this, is about protecting vulnerable people. So, you know, uh, a young, healthy person with a good immune system shouldn't have anything really to fear from this virus in terms of health impact. They'll probably have mild symptoms. They'll feel like they have the flu for a few days and they'll recover. Um, But what this is all about is elderly people, parents, grandparents, people with weak immune systems, people with a disability. You know, I have a niece with with, um, Down syndrome. I was with her yesterday. Uh, and her parents uh, are protecting her from all contact, effectively, because they know that she's vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so they are the people that this is all about, uh, in terms of trying to uh, guard them, shield them uh, from this virus as it okay. spreads. Because we know that the impact on vulnerable communities like that in terms of potential fatalities, is far, far higher than 1% or 2%. Okay. Um, and um, and that's, why, uh, that's why we're shutting pubs. That's why 50,000 people today have lost their jobs. Um, there, are, there are some things that are more important than economics and financial income, even though, of course, we have to try to protect that too. Um, and hopefully and when it's all over, the government, whatever shape it's in, the government will help people to build their lives back up again. Yeah, and they will. And I want to leave people with that message, you know, but that there is hope at the end of all of this. You know, we know that the coronavirus is relatively short-lived. Uh, it spreads quickly, um, but it doesn't last forever. And so in a few months' time, we will be past the peak of this. Uh, I think we will have been through a lot of tragedy. 
uh, and a lot of trauma uh, as a society, as well as an economy, but it, more importantly as a society. Um, but the government will be there and we will have funding and supports and policy to rebuild quickly at the end all of, of all of this, to get people back to work, uh, to rebuild um, uh, the, uh, the sort of, in many ways, um, uh, the broken uh, lives as people know them that, that we're living through at the moment. Okay. Because um, in some ways, this is reshaping uh, how society functions. Oh, we've never, uh, we've never it, had to deal with anything like this in, in, yeah, in any of our lives. One last question before I let you go. It's to do with cruise liners. There's one apparently to do to, to dock from Spain in the next day or two. Is there any way at all that we can keep the cruise liners out for a while to keep and or at least keep people on them rather than be coming into our community and spreading the virus? Yes. So we're taking very direct public health advice on that. And we have been, by the way, as of last week, because there was a question around a cruise liner last week. Um, and so we spoke to our to our public health team. Uh, they were speaking to the Port of Cork, uh, and we will be putting protocols in place to make sure that we're managing risk here in the appropriate way. Uh, I, I can promise people. Can that. you give me more detail? Well, no. I mean, I'm not going to. Um, what I will say is that you know there's a reason why we have a national public health emergency team, why we have a chief medical officer, why we have protocols in airports and ports now in terms of where people are coming from. And we will apply those protocols specifically in relation to cruise liners as well uh, to make sure that we manage um, passengers on board in an appropriate way, not to increase risk uh, of the spread of the virus here. All right, listen, thank you for your time this morning. You've uh, given us quite a lot of it. Tánaiste and Minister of Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney. Thank you very much, Simon. That number for anybody who is stranded, and we've got a couple of inquiries about Morocco and people outside the EU or people not covered in the whole Spain, Lanzarote, Canary Island thing, that number will work from anywhere in the world. So if you've got someone who's trying to get home from literally anywhere, the number to call is 003531 Six one three one seven three three zero zero three five three one six one three one seven three three. That'll work from anywhere in the world that you have a telephone. And the Department of Foreign Affairs, he tells me, is uh, manning that phone around the clock now. Uh, with regard to the cost of the flights that are going up on the Aer Lingus website to get back from places like Lanzarote, uh, he said he'll take them in hand, whatever success he'll have. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I know not. People thinking, well, maybe the government should just charter planes and get people home. He didn't quite rule it out. He didn't quite rule it out. We're going to have to to watch this one uh, with great interest. So once again, that number from anywhere in the world, 0035316131733. If Simon Coburn is being praised for his actions to get people home, how come the people he had on air had to pay over €1,000 to get home? He told the nation yesterday extra and larger planes were being put on to get the people home. Still all about the money minister. Well, here's hoping that people will be able to get that money back from their insurance company. Shouldn't be happening, though. Ryanair and Aer Lingus should not be doing that. My 21-year-old was booked on an Aer Lingus flight from LA to Dublin last night. Despite having a valid booking, Aer Lingus said there was a problem with the ticket and wouldn't let him check in. We then had to pay €1,200 for a new ticket or they wouldn't allow him travel. No help whatsoever. Disgraceful, says Des. Am I missing something, says this message. Why did people ignore the advice over the past weeks and still insist on travelling for sun holidays? Now they're in a panic and looking for help. They went in good faith because it wasn't that serious a week ago. They went in good faith. That's, the, that's how it is. Uh, the cruise ships, he says he's addressing it. He hasn't gone into detail about it, though. Uh, Spain getting all the attention in terms of bringing people home. My 19-year-old son's in Morocco with three friends. Again, that number. Tell him to ring that number. And here's a message you wouldn't expect to see this. As a Fianna Fáil man, hats off to Simon. Read leadership and stepping up to the mark. Make your own judgment. 1850-715-996. And that number for anybody stuck anywhere in the world, 0035316131733. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the solid fuel depot of Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kill dried wood and gas. These kids, like between 12 and 10 years old, about yeah. five of them, mm-hmm. one of them straight away goes, That's your man, that's Bishop. And then they were like, Oh, you put us on your TikTok, right? <laughs> so one of the kids was saying a couple of things funny, and then he goes, Are you my dad? <laughs> <laughs> so then. So then jokingly, I went, no, I don't think so. Is your mother Sinead? And he goes, yeah. And I went, oh, no. Right? So that's that's funny. Then I'm walking down the stairs, and the same kid shouts down at me, don't go for milk and never come back like the last time. (laughs) 12 years old. I mean, to me, that is high-level humor. Unless, of course, you are actually his dad. Unless I'm his dad, yeah. Casey and Ross in the morning with Stella Line, where something big has arrived to the Irish Sea. Stella Estred, now sailing from Dublin to Hollyhead. See StellaLine.ie. Courts 96. 
Gold, Imro award-winning talk show, The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 On Cork's 96FM. Now, Paul Murphy is teaching, I think, in, in Italy. What part, Paul? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you doing? What part of Italy in Italy? which is where the majority uh, of deaths have taken place. Uh, but obviously it's been pretty intense, uh, especially since we've been on lockdown since last week. Yeah. Describe lockdown for me, Paul. Okay, so lockdown basically... Uh, <laughs> you're just inside your house the majority of the time. And, uh, you kind of have to follow like a certain protocol so um basically you can only leave the house um if it's for urgent needs like if you need to go to doctor or medical appointment or if you have uh, permission to work uh, so obviously i wouldn't consider it as one of like the essential parts for working so i'm now teaching english at home uh, at least it's something to do in the meantime uh but, like, you know, if we're going to supermarkets and things like that, we just in case we have, like, this kind of form, which says, like, uh, permission yeah. permission to, to... Well, the police just want to know where you're going, like, left, right, and center. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We don't want to get there. So I think the purpose of, of, of you taking our call is to advise your, your countrymen here at home to listen to the experts. Yes. Um, it's tough because um, you have to make like uh, personal sacrifices. Um, I have two friends here in Italy who are actually both doctors, and um, you know, it's it's kind of a situation where people in the north, especially in Milan, uh, I can't really think of other places at the moment. Um, you know, doctors are kind of making decisions of who they should save and who they shouldn't save. Like, what you're reading is, is actually true. Wow. Um, a perfect source of information. Could you maybe, Paul, could you maybe get a tiny bit closer to your phone? It seems to be dropping in and out, just to keep it keep it in, in front of you there, if you could. Yeah. Uh, sorry. That's okay. Can you hear me better now? That's a little better, yeah. Doctors are having to triage even who they'll treat. Yeah. <laughs> kind of deciding it's time in terms of yeah that's there is no uh, there are not emergency yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to Paul I, I hate to do this to you um, for taking our call but that phone line is just not sustainable and I imagine that it's probably the situation with a lot of mobile phones across Italy that we've been hearing about over the weekend but thank you very much Paul Murphy and stay safe out there and stay in out of it um, he's teaching English in Italy and he's teaching online at the moment from his home in Florence ah Florence isn't that where thank you Paul and sorry we couldn't continue is that's where that wonderful video emerged over the weekend of uh, a, a tenor called Maurizio Martini, who stood on his balcony in Florence and did an incredible version of Nessun Dorma uh, from the balcony in Florence. Magnificent video. It's all over the internet. You'll, you'll find it. Just to uplift his neighbours, uplift them. I'd say they won't sleep for a week after he woke them up.
But it's brilliant. And uh, our, please stay safe, Paul, in Florence. Michelle is in Spain uh, and locked down in Benal Medina. Michelle, morning to you. Hi, PJ. How are you? Not so bad. What's it like there? Well, do you know what? We're after just getting out with the hotel. Um, we were locked into the hotel yesterday. So they left us out yesterday morning for just to go to the supermarket. Right. Um, we weren't allowed going in pairs. Um, had to wear gloves. And we got back and we decided, look, we'll just try and get out to the supermarket just to leave the building. Um, but we were stopped, so they locked us in completely. Um, so it was crazy. Um, we couldn't get on to Aer Lingus. Um, we were due to fly out on Thursday. But we just decided to, to get out of Dodge. So now we're trying to, we're waiting on a flight to Portugal. Yeah. Um, and on to London and then to Cork. And you were saying, so we Michelle, they literally locked you into the hotel. Yeah, nobody was allowed out. Um, they, like, um, they closed all the pool area. Um, now, you know, they were under instructions. There was police everywhere and the civil guards um, telling people to get off the streets. So, um, you know, we just did what we were told. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you'll get back hopefully when? Tuesday night. So it's a long way around, but we just wanted to get home. We didn't want to risk waiting until Thursday. Yeah. Um, couldn't get onto Erling in any capacity, social media, phone, email, nothing. So, um, you know, we're trying to fix them since Saturday. So um, we just said we hedge our bets and go home. Right. Some people are saying this morning, Michelle, that people like yourself who, who went off out on holidays should have known better. What would you say to that? Yeah, hindsight is a great thing. Um, yeah, completely. Like when, when, did now, you, when did you go and what was the advice when you went? Well, we went on Thursday and it was a bit iffy. You know, we weren't like we, we kind of felt good about it. We said, look, we you know we might even shorten it, come back on Tuesday, um, we'll see how it goes. You know, and everyone seems to be going out. The plane was you know it was half full, so we thought kind of felt when we got on the plane we were like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Mm. But um, yeah. Now, I, I've never been to I've never thing. been to Benal Medina, but it's it's mental at the weekends. How, how was it there this Saturday night? Say, yeah, it was quiet. You know, it was quiet. Um, you know, the bars and and restaurants were busy, but you know they were at maybe a quarter capacity. You know, um, yeah, it was definitely not how it would normally. It was my first time there too, but for any Costa del Sol, you know, um, town, it was definitely very quiet. So. Yeah, a lot of regret. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. uh, you'll, you know, you'll get a chance to get back there and enjoy it properly. Michelle, listen, thanks, I, for, thanks for taking our call. And safe home, take, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. vacation from now on, PJ. <laughs> uh, I know, I, I, in this way. Anyway. And tell me, are you, are you facing into isolation now when you get home, do you think? 100%. We're, we're like, we'll have to, regardless, whether anyone tells us to or not, you, you would have to. It's a sensible thing to do. Um, so I actually have the HSE live phone number, which I'm going to call as soon as we get home. All right. Okay. Look after yourself, Michelle, and safe home to you. 1850-715-996. She's in Benal Medina. That number for anybody, uh, 0035316131733. The HSE number, if you're looking to contact them for any information, is 1850-24-1850. Ring them. Ring them. Don't be relying on Twitter or WhatsApp or Facebook or anything like that. Carla says, so many things are closed, but the bookies are still open. Imagine people with no money still wasting it betting. 
what in the name of God is still on for them to bet? There's a thing. What is still on for them to bet on? Well, there is, I think they have this, um, are they still doing those greyhound racing events that are held in an empty stadium? And I know that for some reason they've decided that the horse racing in this country shall take place in empty stadiums behind closed doors now. That's continuing. So I think Limerick has a meeting, or had one anyway, at least yesterday, going on behind closed doors. There's something for them to bet on. There's probably two flies going up a wall somewhere for them to bet on. Hi PJ, I'm very worried. I care for my brother in my own home. I administer his insulin twice daily. I also administer his medicines. He's a diabetic and he's been amputated below the left knee. Oh God. I feel there hasn't been enough information for me on the HSE. Kind regards to all. Jimmy wants to know if someone from the airlines will come on the air. Yeah. Uh, Carl said he had a flight booked to go to New York. He cancelled it. These people didn't go in good faith. They went after it had started. Now they expect the state to bail them out. Well, you know what we might do, caller, is we might worry about getting them back safely and worry about the remonstrations afterwards. That might be What we have is a load of people queuing up to help each other. The sense of mehel that we're so good at in this country. We're going to focus on some of that for a little while. Next, 1850 715996. The opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Great deals on all solid fuels with seven day delivery. Solid fuel depot.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on the side. Hi, it's Michael here with your update on Cork's live scene. We're looking ahead to some great concerts coming up at Irish Independent Park this summer with Jerry Cinnamon on the 19th of June, followed by David Gray on June the 20th. The script, Picture This and Dermot Kennedy are all coming up after that and the Chemical Brothers return to Cork for the final show taking place on June 30th. Access all areas. Five years since the release of their debut album, Irish Brothers, Harry and Alfie Hudson-Taylor have just released their second record, Loving Everywhere I Go. Hudson-Taylor returned to Cork Opera House as part of their 2020 national tour and the show takes place on Saturday, April 25th. Access all areas. If you have a gig show or exhibition coming up in Cork in the next few weeks, drop us a line here at Access All Areas. You can mail us on aaa at 96fm.ie and we'll tell Cork all about it. Access All Areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, just had a message from Patrick who has a lot of contact in the, the betting industry and all that. And he said the horse racing and greyhound racing behind closed doors is a multi million pound industry. So presumably. That will continue. 1850-715-996. Now, we've got to try and help each other get through this because it isn't going to be easy and it's going to be with us for a while. A couple of weeks, minimum, maybe more. Benny, good morning to you. Good morning, how are you doing? Not too bad. You've set up a Facebook page. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, uh, last week, we set one up uh, called Cork COVID-19 Volunteers for the Elderly. Uh, yeah, it was just in response to a few posts or whatever that, um, that I saw that were, you know, like, say, giving out about all people who were in shopping centres or whatever and they couldn't compete with the panic buying or whatever and they were, you know, worried. But, yeah, it's, it's basically just, um, it's, it's, a, it's a 
like right now we're just gathering volunteers, but we're trying to create a system so that we can uh, have uh, groceries or medicine or whatever needs need to be delivered to anybody who needs it, who's trying to self isolate or stay out, stay out of the community or whatever you know. Excellent. Where are you trying to base yourself? Is it all your volunteers based across Cork or where? Uh, yeah. So, like, I mean, I didn't. I to be honest with you, I kind of did it uh, on a whim, and then it's after <laughs> it's after getting quite big. So, I realised, you know, how big Cork City is in in its own respective uh, regions, whatever. So, it kind of it blew up. There was a huge response, uh, much bigger than I I thought there would be. So, we I think I mean last time I looked, we're putting six hundred uh, people after. Uh, joining the group on Facebook now, so uh, then I, I got in touch with a few people who are, uh, there was a girl, Emma Kelly, already after setting up a group for East Cork, um, and then uh, Justin Warnock, another fella who works at Party Bands Island, the two of them gave me an offer of advice on how to set up the admin side of things and stuff, and then uh, Justin set up a survey and uh, that you can fill in on the page, and that, that takes your details, and then we divide up Cork into... Uh, it's electoral areas, so we've got like Cork Northeast, Cork Northwest, South Central, uh, and all that. And then, uh, if you fill out the survey, we take your details, and then we can add you to a stack. Okay. Or, or sorry, you know, uh, but uh, we we add you to a stack software, and then we've got a basically a chat where everybody can, uh, if if a, if somebody gets in touch with us and they need help, we can just put it up on that. Um, the big problem you face, I think, in terms of trying to help elderly people. Uh, yeah. And remember, they're they're among the most vulnerable from this damn thing. A lot of them aren't online. So how do you plan to help them? Yeah, so that's that's uh, like that's the main reason. Now I got in touch with yourselves is because uh, one of the main mediums that you know elderly people will be uh, contactable through is radio. I mean, a lot of them are at home now, uh, listening to the radio. So we just want to get the message out there that there is a service there for people to get in contact with us and we, we'll, we're we happy to help with anything you need. We, we'll do your shopping for you. We'll drop it at your door and we can collect money in an envelope or whatever it is. We'll be careful with change. We'll make sure that we disinfect everything because cash is, you know, it, it, it could be a carrier as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we'll, if, it could be anything from that or if we can get a uh, chemist wants to get in touch with us and say that, say, a certain person needs to get their medicine delivered. We're happy to do that. And as well, like because of self isolation, uh, like there's going to be a lot of people who are, you know, you know, might be experiencing loneliness or might just want to have a chat. Yeah. You can get in touch with us as well, and we'll just put it up on the on the the group, and someone can get in touch with you and give you a phone call and just have a chat with you, whatever. And that's that's a perfectly valid reason to get in touch with us as well if you're just feeling like you want to have a, t- a chat with somebody or whatever it may be. Um. So yeah, we're hoping to uh, like, I mean. We're going to get in touch with daycare centres, community centres, share centres, um, and local churches. Anyone that might be in contact with the the, the elderly community, and hopefully uh, they can get the message out as well. If anybody from any of those uh, uh, facilities is listening now, if you could uh, take our details or whatever, or get onto us on Facebook and let people know as well. So, uh, so, so, so like, Benny, the name of the name of the Facebook page is again. It is uh, Cork COVID nineteen volunteers for the elderly. Cork, COVID-19. Yeah, volunteers for the elderly. Volunteers for the elderly. Okay, and if you know of an elderly person who needs help, uh, just go onto the page and you start the process and maybe get a prescription taken or some groceries or any of that thing. Yeah, so there'll be a form on the page. Uh, There's two forms. One is if you want to volunteer, you fill out that form and we get your details. 
there's another form then if you need assistance you can fill that out and that will let us know what you, where you live and what you need help with but as well uh, if you know not everyone's going to be using Facebook so you can get in touch with us via phone uh, you can call me on my number there uh, it's if you want to get a pen or whatever and write have it down. Have it in front of me, have a pen in my hand. Great stuff. Just, uh, so any, anybody else. Um, so it's uh, 083 156 And that's 083-156-0551. And yeah, if you can't get in touch with me at the time, it might be because we're busy. Uh, we might have another call coming in. So just send me a text or I'll get your missed call. And we'll we'll try and get get someone to get back in touch with you and see see what uh, see what you need. Okay, we'll we'll mention that a couple of times, Benny. Thank you very much. That's Benny. They've set up Cork COVID nineteen volunteers for the elderly. His number is zero eight three one five six zero five five one. And Emma Kelly was uh, the person who set up the group in in East Cork. Emma, hi. How are you doing? Hey, Peter. How's it going? How are you? It's a scary time for people, you know. Yeah, it is. Um, for the elderly especially, um, you know, we'd be very uh, concerned about them leaving their house because they, they're a lot more vulnerable yeah. than we are. Mm. So again, are you invo- you're involved with, 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 with Benny's group and you're co- are you coordinating the East Cork effort. So how many people are piling in with this to try to help? There's around 100 at the moment in wow. East Cork. Yeah, wow. From all different kind of backgrounds we've got chemist workers and um we have just some the, the local shop and everything like everyone's been so helpful like you know and there are a few shops around like Central and Castle Mart are doing home deliveries I know they're helping out a couple that are self-isolating yeah. and um Central and Klein have been really good as well and I think Middleton, Super Valley were doing home deliveries. I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but we can pick up the fact from anybody. Yeah, and again, it's just go on the Facebook page or contact one of the numbers, and we'll. See. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Like, and then I'll, I'll, I've been kind of there as well, and you can do anybody can do that, and he'll he'll pass it on to me. But we can we have an email address as well, core COVID nineteen. Um, let me just check. Actually, make sure it's right. Um, okay. I just set it up there. Cork, Cork COVID nineteen volunteers at gmail dot com. At gmail dot com. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm writing that down as just as 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 we speak and through all the various platforms, you'll get to a volunteer and a volunteer will try to get to you. Yeah, exactly. We have a WhatsApp group for the volunteers. So what'll happen is like a call for request a request for assistance will come in. And I'll put it up on the WhatsApp group. Um, you know, for for example, like the Cloyne area, go pick up in Cloyne, go into the Middleton area, and I'll ask who's available out of the hundred volunteers, and somebody will get there. All right, listen, Emma. Good luck with it, and it's fantastic to see people coming together like that to help uh, the elderly and and those who are self isolating. So it's Cork COVID nineteen volunteers for the elderly. That's the the Facebook group or the Facebook page rather. The email is Cork COVID nineteen volunteers at gmail dot com. And if you call Benny at oh eight three one five six zero five five one, he'll take a message or get back to you or send a text or a WhatsApp to him and he'll put it into the system and whatever you need done, a prescription, collected, some groceries, delivered, whatever it may be, uh, they're doing their best. Mags says the goodwill gestures towards the elderly, vulnerable and emergency services just now is heartwarming. The worst of times 
brings out the best in people. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. Okay, just recapping on some information we gave you in the past hour with regard to numbers and lines you can use. If anybody is listening to us in anywhere in the world and they're trying to get home, be you in the EU or be you outside the EU, if you listen to us online or listen to us on our podcast or our repeat show and you're looking for help to get home while this COVID-19 crisis continues and gets worse before it gets better. The number on the Department of Foreign Affairs, and we're talking to the Tonish Simon Coveney earlier on the programme, and he said this is being staffed now round the clock for the next couple of days. It's 003531. That's from anywhere in the world. 003531 and then 613 613 And if you have someone who's away at the moment and they're looking for help, let them know that number. Also, the HSE's information line uh, for anything to do with COVID-19 or anything to do with protecting yourself or isolation or information like that. 1850, 24, 1850. Ignore the WhatsApp messages. Ignore the Twitter. Ignore the Facebook. Go to the official sources of information. The group of volunteers that has come together, uh, Cork COVID-19 volunteers for the elderly. They have a Facebook page under that big long title. They also have an email. It's CorkCovid19Volunteers at gmail.com and if you have any information or any help you want to offer or you need help, you can call Benny at 083 0551. We have another group in West Cork, and I'll go to Christine in a little while. But in response to the group of the people who were asking about supermarkets, it is starting to happen. Uh, can you please let the public know that uh, Scallies in Black Rock are open 7 to 8 30 in the morning for the elderly? Scallies in Clon are open 8 30 to 9.30. Tesco Middleton 7.30 to 9.30 for older shoppers. It's possibly happening elsewhere, but not sure. 7 to 9 is another account of that one, so check it out. There is a rumour, and I stress only a rumour, only a rumour that Tesco's are going to do this across the country by midweek, but at the moment it's individual supermarkets are doing it for themselves. So Blackrock, Scally's Blackrock, the super value down there, 7 to 8.30 in the morning. Scally's super value again in Clon, uh, 8.30 to 9.30. Tesco Middleton, uh, 7 to 9. Uh, can we ask, oh yeah, can we let the public know that all the St. Vincent to Paul shops in Ireland are now closed until further notice. Uh, please do not leave anything outside the shops either. Thank you, and everybody stay safe. On the haulage industry, can the Road Safety Authority or the road haulage people say what's going to happen with all the truck drivers working around Europe, bringing all that fruit and veg back to Ireland? They're only paid when they work. Who's going to pay them, and where do they isolate themselves? Yeah, because I said to Simon Coveney earlier, the government is going to have to step up for people and tried to help them out. And I see in the paper this morning, Minister Regina Doherty was on the air with me on Friday looking at a plan for people who are caught up in this and who do lose work uh, because of this. 1850 Let's go to Christine Heffernan, uh, just outside Clonakilty, I think, Christine. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. I just want to say, first of all, thank you for a very enlightening, informative show this morning. It's absolutely brilliant what you're doing. Thanks ever so much for that. You've got a group together to help people. 
Absolutely. I suppose really I'm just copying what a lot of, a lot of villages are doing around the county and country. Uh, first of all, I saw Blarney on Facebook posting that they were organising a group of volunteers in the Blarney area. And basically, I just put a post up on my own Facebook. Um, I live in Artfield, which is four miles outside of Clonkilty. Our community is the Artfield and Rathbarry um, villages. Um, we're a small community, but a very tight-knit, close community where people do tend to come together and work together. And to date, I have um, requests flowing in. I have up to 35 volunteers that want to get involved. And I will stress just for the Artfield and Rathbarry areas at the moment. Um, uh, they're all local people that we know and trust and that really want to help and are just saying, look, I'm on standby. What you need me to do, what you want me to do. Mm. Now, PJ, obviously at the moment we don't have requests coming in from people who need help right now. But what I am trying to do is get the message out to people who will become vulnerable, older people in the community, people who need help, to just tell them that there is support available in your small community. Um, I'll also be obviously talking for a parish priest and working with him to get the message out for when he gets telephone calls from people, he would be very much a first point of contact for a lot of people in the community, as mm-hmm. you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. PJ is part of the research as well. I've been contacting um, a lot of pharmacies and supermarkets in the Clannacilty town area. And I think what's really important is that um, somebody can actually telephone a shop and place an order and pay using their bank card over the phone for what they need to buy. Yeah. And basically then when they contact me and I get onto the volunteers, it's quite simple in that I'm saying to the volunteers, the products are at Super Value Clannacilty, they're in the olive branch Clannacilty, they're paid for, you're collecting them, you're dropping them at the door. The, the person in the house knows you're calling because I've told them and you're going away again. So we do want to avoid, obviously, the, the, the human face-to-face contact because yes, yes. we don't want to put anyone at risk, obviously, yeah. either. And and as more people, and let's let's face it, it's, it's a stark reality, more people will end up self-isolating. More people will end up having to lock their houses down for, for two weeks at least. So more people are going to need a service like this. Absolutely, PJ, certainly. And I would say that the... The pharmacies and the retailers in Clannacilty Town in particular, because that would be our nearest town. I think it's very important that people start asking those questions, even picking up the phone themselves and saying, come here, if, if I need my pharmacy prescription, can I order it over the phone? Can I collect and pay? Can I pay for it over the phone and can it be collected by somebody else? Because I found from calling the pharmacies myself that not all of them have that facility that they can take payments over the phone. Yeah. And I found that a little bit worrying um, and disheartening, but they just said for various reasons they couldn't. But, um, I mean, for example, list of ours co-op have said, look, they can people can ring the retail store if it's their wood, their coal, their food they need to order. They can order it over the phone, pay for it over the phone. Um, obviously, Super Value Clannacilty are really supportive. Um, you heard there, you mentioned there that they have the hour now in the morning yeah. for older people. Um, you know, when I spoke to Eugene Skelly last week, his response was, we'll do anything we can for people. I mean, yeah. That's really how our community is at the moment. Yeah. But locally here in Arsfield and Rathbarry, um, we've got some really nice people who just want to help people. And hopefully, you know, we can do that together and, and pull together and, and help people. None of us know, as you said, what's coming down the road. So I think it's about just being ready now, having our groups in place in the various communities. And PJ have has um, queries come in from people in Ross Carberry and in Clannacilty. And basically what I'd said back to them was, look, if you want to volunteer in your own community, can you please try and get together a group and do something similar like we've heard that they're doing in Bandon and in different towns and villages around yeah. um, the county. So I think that's an important message to get out yeah. there, that different groups get together in the in the communities around the county. Is there a number that we can give out that people can contact you? 
Absolutely, I can give my own personal number, uh, PJ, which is 087-602-0966. Give me that um, one again, 87 0966 all right. Okay, okay, that's, okay. That, that's, that, that's great. And as I said, you know, there are loads of people now lining up to do this. And the sad part is that even the volunteers that line up to help some mm-hmm. of them, some of them are going to have to go off the grid as well. Absolutely, that's the fear that's out there. As this thing spreads, do you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And thanks for giving me the airtime. And hopefully, people from, as I said, the Arsenal and Asbury areas have heard that message. A lot of them would know me, but obviously, not everybody does. Um, and we'll all work together. Um, hopefully, PJ. Thanks right. so much every, for your every, time. Everybody pulled together. We'll sort this out. Thanks very much. That's Christine Heffernan, that and the Artfield Rathbury area near Clonakilty, oh eight seven six oh two zero nine double six. Cantor Post Office opened. 9 to 1 Thursday, Friday payments available tomorrow, pending cash availability. All payments can be collected on Saturday also, if required. To staying in Clonakilty, James Casey of Casey's Bar and Restaurant. James, good morning. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good, good. Uh, You're doing something for people? Takeaways? Uh, We are, PJ. So, how it all started, we have a lot of elderly and say vulnerable customers coming into us. So how it started, I was always um, sterilizing their tables and where they'd be sitting and the toilet doors and the front doors and all that. So we were thinking, what's the next step that we can do to help them? And so we came up with the idea of taking the dinners home to them and to save them from coming out into the public and outside their homes. So that was all grand. And then I was thinking, if we, if they are our customers, there's a load more other people in the same uh, same situation. So we just decided to put a post up on Facebook to see if we help any few more, any few extra people at all. And it took off, and thankfully we were able to help a lot of people. Okay. Okay. Um, so, if someone needs your help now, what can they do? So all they can do, they can ring us. Um, so today now is the last day, unfortunately, that we have the restaurant open due to the news that came last night. Yes. But we have all the people that we've helped in the last few days, we've contacted them, and we're going to try and supply them for the next four or five days Great. of dinners. Yeah. And to one instance in particular, there was a lady where we actually changed her light bulb as well for her. Ah. So it's not only dinners to know that we'd like to help with but if there's anyone at all around the West Cork area where we can help them we will so even pick your bags of coal or timber for them or even pharmacy or shopping or anything uh, all they can do is ring us and we'll try our very 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 best to help them Okay, can you give me a number? You can of course, I'll give them my personal number PJ Sure It's 087 Yes 798 3393 3393 okay okay James just on the 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 closures of the pubs last evening and we're talking about that in our first hour how it was pretty much inevitable but it's it's going to do untold harm to the industry but it was necessary wasn't it it was 100% necessary and to be tough for some pubs 
like for example now we are we were very lucky we had all March booked out every weekend in March we were fully booked out but we've cancelled the rest of them now yeah. and like you'd feel sorry for some you people confirmations and then running into communion season it's it's a nightmare it is and who I felt really sorry for was the after the weddings I had brides ringing me cancelling the after the wedding and wondering could I rebook and had we availability and all that and they were really, really upset, you know. So it's just, you know, everyone across the board, really. And Clonic Kilty really has been hit in the last couple of years. Yeah, last between year. so floods uh, and all that kind of thing, yeah. Roadworks and flood relief flood and everything. Relief. And all your, all your, all your short, and you know, I'm not, I'm not being flipped. All your short to plague a locust to this stage. Uh, yeah. You know, but thankfully, Clonic Kilty is a very, very tight community. Oh, great town. Great everyone time. helps everyone. It's it's outstanding. To be fair, yeah, it's a great it's a great time. I remember being down there in the height of the worst floods anyone ever seen in living memory, and the just the the, the, the sense of people just saying, right, let's get on with it. Yeah, yeah. and everyone like there's no bad blood. No. There's no everyone kind of pulls together. Right. It's it's really really nice. All right, all right. Listen, James, uh, and uh, best of luck to you and your business and all you and and all that work for you and all you support. And we'll 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 all get through this if we pull together. That's James Casey from Casey's Bar and Restaurant in Clonakilty. If you need to contact him, 087-798-3393. 087-798-3393. Kevin is suggesting that maybe we would do some kind of a file or some kind of a pinned message with all these numbers that people are helping each other. We, we'll, we'll look at how we might be able to do that because there's so much of it. And we're not here tomorrow. Uh, that's the plan anyway. We're not here tomorrow because it's St. Patrick's Day. We'll all be sitting at home watching Netflix instead of going out. Well, we will be back on Wednesday, by which time I, we expect to have loads more people uh, piling in to help. Uh, now, Kalosta and Kreenefa in Carrig Navarre have been on to say the school will be open on Wednesday for students who want to get their books out of their lockers. This is important. Uh, we actually had a, this is a local contact actually got on to us to tell us about this. Uh, school will be open on Wednesday for anyone needs to get their books out of their lockers. Sixth years from 10 to half past, fifth years from half 10 to 11, transition year and second years 11 to half 11, third year half 11 to 12, first years from 12 to half 12. Students will only be allowed to go in two at a time and can enter from the back of the school. Now the worry is that it'll be a, a social outing. It won't be. It'll be manned and staffed and only allowed in two at a time to get your stuff out of your locker and get back out again. Because obviously they want people to keep studying over the break, over the shutdown. But it's a good idea. And if any other schools are planning to do that, they can let us know at 1850-715-996. Now I'm hoping against hope that this line will hold up. Betty Brosnan is... Hi, Betty. Where are you? I'm I'm in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Chile, waiting to dock in Santiago. Right. Well, I tell you something. That's a better line than I might have from Patrick Street. So let's hope it holds up. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're you're on what cruise liner are you on board? We're on the Celebrity Eclipse. Right. And and they've pulled everything for a month. I think the Celebrity Line have they? 
they have they cancelled all cruises. There, there were lots of people on this cruise were continuing on to San Diego in California, and even people were going on up to Vancouver, a, a, a third cruise on, you know. And, and have, have they, they stopped them? Have they stopped them mid itinerary? Uh, no, we we were due. Um, they stopped at the end of this cruise, but right. this cruise finished. Okay. Officially, it should have finished yesterday. Right, right. Yeah. And and you're trying to get in now to Santiago. We're trying to get in yeah to dock, and yeah. we can see it across the the the, the water from us. Yeah. And we can't. We were spent all day yesterday circling. Right, and, and, and what's the delay? Do we know? What's the delay? We've been refused entry. Oh. All cruise um, liners have been refused entry to Chile. Right. So, effectively, so, you're stuck there until they let you in. We're stuck, yes. <laughs> we, we are, exactly. And lots of people now have already missed um, flights and what have you. Right. We're, we're still okay ourselves. Yeah, when are you due to fly back? Um, I'm with my friend Phil, and we're due to fly back um, tomorrow. Right. Oh, Christ. Tomorrow, so. Um, but the... the um, the ship have assured us that they will be helping secure flights for everyone on board. I see, I see. So that even even if you miss your scheduled flight, that uh, uh, yeah, they will help secure something else. Now our our, our own worry is that we were due to fly um, via Paris, so yes. we don't know what we're flying Air France to um, Paris yes. and back to Dublin. So we don't know what what channels are open at this stage. And how long have you been? Docked or sailing around there outside. Um, just all day yesterday, we um, we were woken at six o'clock yesterday morning. Now we're um, three hours behind home, so um, so nine o'clock home time, but um, six o'clock yesterday morning, and they had been trying to dock for about four hours at that stage. Right. Um, so we're over twenty-four hours. Right. And are they, are they keeping you well informed? Very well informed. The captain comes on the, the intercom um, frequently and also tells us when he'll be making the next announcement. And they're looking after us really well. Right. And are you free to move around on the boat or are you confined oh, to cabin? Oh, absolutely. Oh, we're, we're totally free. Yeah, we're totally free to move around. We had um, fantastic night's entertainment last night. Um, dinner, um, food is amazing. Yeah. And was amazing anyway, and they have offered us all free Wi-Fi, which is a big thing, and um, you know it costs an awful lot on here. And they've given us free Wi-Fi and free bars. Oh. So, <laughs> so we're, we're doing well. You'll you'll, you'll survive. <laughs> we will survive. We've had three major problems with cruise liners around the world. There's no sign of any sickness on board, no. None whatsoever. Uh, we were assured only about 10 minutes ago the captain came on and he said everyone on board is healthy and happy. Okay. Okay. And that line appears to have just dropped there. Betty, safe home um, when you get home and mind yourself en route. That's Betty Brosnan from Carrigaline. The miracle we got such a good line and it lasted so long. She's just off the coast of Chile trying to get into the port of Santiago which has locked down locked itself down and blocked all cruise liners but they're trying to get home
they're healthy and they can move around and they have free bar and free Wi-Fi and the whole kit and caboodle on board the Celebrity Eclipse, but they're stuck out to sea. I'd say Betty and Phil might be looking for a rowboat. <laughs> but in all seriousness, as you wouldn't exactly like to be stuck there, even though it is the lap of luxury and the lap of, uh, and the height of comfort. You still wouldn't like to be stuck there when you're supposed to be getting home. Betty Brosnan, 1850-715-996. Can the supermarkets not open extra lanes to keep the people moving faster? I was in a supermarket this morning. They had two lanes closed and people out the door. I'm inclined to think of the supermarkets you're, think, you're, 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 you're mentioning. Um, the one that tends to open line three when everyone's falling out the door. We'll see. Maybe they will. My daughter and her family have just got back from Spain. Two of them have coughs. Oh God. They phoned the doctor to ask for advice. I was told it would cost them 40 euro. Then they hung up. Uh, the, the, the hung up when they wouldn't pay. This is wrong. Oh, God. So people ringing up the doctor to see can they get checked out. It's going to cost them 40 euro. Okay. 1850-715-996. And a Cork lady in Dublin contacted us, says she's working in a big shopping centre and it's completely overrun with people. See, go out and do your shopping. Get your bread and milk. Get the pet. I was out last night. I had to go out last night down to Tesco's to get pet food. I mean, we have to feed the poor cat. And I had to go down and I said to get pet food and a bottle of water and a few things like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't jammed. It was a nice handy crowd down there. But people were keeping their distance. And what I noticed, and this was in Tesco Mahan Points, it's just an observation. I was picking out some fruit and veg just to throw them into my trolley. And there was a person waiting... And you know the way normally they get in next to you and they start grabbing the bunches of whatever grapes? This person waited and stood a good five, six feet away from me. And when I moved away, they moved in. That's what we kind of need to do. Very impressed with that, actually. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Focus coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late, seven days. Solidfueldepot.ie. Question number 10. What 90s radio station that broadcast all over Europe was from Meads? Atlantic 252. All right, let's go back and check it out. And the 90s radio station that broadcast all over Europe was Atlantic 252. You have just won 2,000. Get in there. That's how you do it. That was the best boom shakalaka I think we've had. Easy money, easy money. This is the place to be for the big wins. Good man. John Duggan, you've won two grand. Thanks, Cassie. Cheers, buddy. Another winner. There you go. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Casey and Ross in the morning on Cork's 96FM. Sports Gold Imro award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Now, one thing we need to do this week is spare a thought for childcare uh, workers, uh, many of them who have kids. And the kids would normally be at school. But because the schools are shut, who's going to mind their children? I mean, healthcare workers are at a premium this week. Vicky, good morning to you. Good morning. And, and people who would normally work their hours around their kids being in daycare or in school, school in particular, they're, they're rightly stuck. And you want to help, do you? 
Yeah, uh, well, I guess I, it was, uh, well, first of all, I'm the mother of a teenage daughter. Um, Could you get a tiny bit closer to that phone, Vicky, maybe? Yeah, I'm, I'm the mother of a teenage daughter, and um, I guess it was about four days ago when they decided to close the schools that I um, I kind of put a message online, um, putting myself forward uh, to assist the frontline healthcare staff um, however I could. So... Uh, you know, I've got years of experience as a childminder um, over the years, um, and I just put a message up offering relief, uh, home help. You know, if anybody who was doing like on-call hours, you know, if they, if they needed a solid sleep, um, I thought that you know I could, you know, help bring a kid for a walk or you know whatever. Just offer cover during school hours or whatever frontline healthcare staff needed. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm only one person, um, but, you know, two days later, I came across a, a really incredible Facebook group that was just starting to kick off, um, which was like a coordinated local level response. Um, it was put together by, there's maybe four administrators now on this. Uh, it's a national uh, Facebook group that's operating. Um, uh, the name of it is COVID-19 Childcare for Frontline Staff. Um, and it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Uh, but the, the the women involved in kind of in coordinating this, they they come from you know they're mostly like uh, crash workers, whereas they've spent the past three days uh, corresponding with it's uh, there's over four thousand members of this group now. So they consist of uh, SNAs, uh, crash workers. There's primary school teachers in there, childminders, wow. even ECCE e- 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 students. Um, and, and, and this is all like grassroots community organizing now. Um, and these women are matching uh, the professionals with the needs of the frontline healthcare staff um, nationwide. So whatever about my little offer on, on Twitter and Facebook, you know, a couple of days ago, things have moved on an awful lot um, nationally. Now, I don't know what the government, what the um, uh, the Department of Children and Youth Affairs are doing um, to, to help staff. But, but at the moment, if anybody is, is considering um, getting involved, if you're a professional childcare worker right. um, of any description, you, you should jump into this Facebook group because um, the women are doing Trojan work, uh, right. organising county-wide um, kind of... Uh, services basically fantastic so it's covid19 mm-hmm. child care for frontline staff that's right yeah and so i mean it's amazing like just this this pandemic how it's completely explode uh, like just uh exposing globally like the, the false lines in in kind of how society is structured and you know you think back to like six weeks ago when those childcare workers were protesting in dublin um that you know the precarity of their jobs it's never been more more laid bare for everyone to see. You know, these are workers who have been completely <laughs> neglected, and uh, you know, m- most of them are in less than a, a like a, a living wage. So, you know, this it's yeah, what what you know, it's amazing that that so many people are kind of rushing forward to help. But you know, I I feel that it, the government really will need to step in and um, and and lend proper support here. Yeah. Like it's you, you can't. We don't know how long this is going to go on for, and you can't um, rely on on voluntary assistance uh, for yeah. for too much longer. So even in the space of three days, looking at this Facebook group, it's gone from 
lots of people chipping in, offering services, like I said, countywide. It's um, it's very clearly laid out. Uh, it's broken down county by county. People jump into the comments. And these four women are wading through thousands of Facebook comments, just collating all of these um, contact details. And um, so I've noticed that in the past three days, it's gone from just people offering to right now, frontline staff are jumping in and saying, I need help, I'm in Roscommon, I need help, I'm in Westmead. Um, so it's like, and we're only at the start of this. It's, yeah. it's really going to kick off. So it will, you know, it'll be All interesting right. to see how it goes. Okay, Vicky. Uh, Vicky, thanks very much. And, and if we need anyone needs your services directly we can put you in touch uh, with them off the air that's vicky langan that's an interesting one uh, it's covid19 child care for frontline staff that facebook group has grown there's thousands a couple of thousand in it now that's the second big facebook operation we've heard this morning the other one was Cork covid19 volunteers for the elderly this one is covid19 child care for frontline staff Caller wants to know, is there anyone offering to help people in the Bandon area? If there is, they can let us know at 1850-715-996. Also, Creedon's Doggy Daycare. Nancy Creedon and her team looking after the dogs of healthcare workers uh, free of charge over this uh, couple of weeks. And they said that they will come out to the car so you don't have to go in. The, the, The less human interaction we have, the less we have to get close to one another over the next couple of weeks particularly people we don't know, the better. So they'll, 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 they're looking after that. Creedence Doggy Dare Care, they're on Facebook as well. 1850-715-996. Let's take a tune. There's loads and loads of stuff coming in from all over the city and county of people wanting to help, which is great. 1850-715-996. Donna, morning. Good morning, TJ. How are you? Good. You're doing a fitness class for kitty for kiddies. I sure am. I tell you, we're getting organized here and at twelve o'clock every day I'm jumping onto my Facebook live page and doing a workout for the kids. Um, you know, so that we can have some structure in our day. So here in our house we've done schoolwork from like ten o'clock and now we're jumping onto Facebook and we're gonna do maybe twenty, twenty five minutes workout for the kids. So you put it up on your based in Kil- in Kilkenny, but people can put it up on screen on the iPad or on the on the laptop yeah, and you'll exactly. do it live with the kids. Live with the kids. My own two kids are eight and ten. And of course, I got, like my own kids, we're all missing our own sports as it is. So I kind of thought, you know, I was writing out the timetable like all the other moms. And uh, I'm a, a lecturer by trade, you know, and I, I run some fitness classes. So I just thought, oh, I need a bit of structure here as well, just for my own sanity and just to keep the kids moving with a bit of structure in the day. So I just thought, you know what? If I'm doing it for my own, I might as well pop on Facebook and do them for do it for them all. Yeah, because what's what's what people are dreading with the next two weeks, at least at least until the 29th, is that the kids will a go mad and b yeah, drive hard. them mad. It's re- it is it's really hard. It definitely is really hard, and that's literally what I was thinking. A little bit of structure, and the other thing as well, kids have worked hard to stay fit, and they need it. Like, kids need to be active. So, like, I'll be working the kids hard, you know what I mean? I'll be giving them a right challenge, um, and I hope to bring in different challenges 
as, as the days pass um, or some cool, cool ideas to keep the kids active and bring it bring the physical activity into other activities in their day so um, yeah, and I'm looking forward and it's a good challenge and like I said it gives us all that bit of structure Yeah, We, we saw this shared actually on the, the Mums of Glenmire Facebook page so clearly all these parent groups and mums groups around the country are starting to share your page but if someone wants to find it's called Donna Daily Fitness it's uh, Donna Dunn Fitness it's uh, it's D-O-N-N-A D-U-N-N-E Donna Dunn okay Donna Donna Dunn isn't isn't that some tongue twister of a name Donna so Donna Dunn Yes, Donna you know, Dunn. You know what? I, back back in the days of the pirate radio, there's a load of DJs with a lovely name like Donna Dunn. I, I'm telling you. And for years, for my whole childhood, I really hated the name. I was always thinking, Jesus, you could have taught us something different, Mother. <laughs> and now and now as a fitness professional, I'm like, that is the best name on the planet. And um, people will say, Donna Dunn, I am done after doing you. Um, you know what I mean? So it's it's a real catchy name now, Brilliant. but. It, it only plagued me for 25 years. It's brilliant, do you know? Right. Well, listen, if anybody wants to find you on Facebook, it's Donna Dunn Fitness. And they can That's sh- it. And then share it. Share the page. Do, do, do. It's and a cool it, idea. It is. And you know what? The great thing is, right, I'm jumping on now at 12 o'clock. But the, once it goes on Facebook Live, it stays there. So you can just scroll down. You know, if you don't yeah. get to do it yeah. this evening or your kids or wherever, it's on the page. And if you can't find it, just send me a message and it's much easier for me to find the link and Great. I can copy it back to you. Great. So uh, it'll be on the page. They'll stay there forever. And, uh, you know, they'll be, they, mums, dads, you can join in as well because it'll be tough. Yeah, put it, put it up on the big smart TV yeah. and have the whole house do it. Donna, good luck with it and thanks for that and great for, thanks for taking our call. That's Donna Dunn Fitness. She's based in Kilkenny but she's running a Facebook Live fitness class for kids every day at 12 o'clock for as long as this takes. So go on to it, share it on your own Facebook. We saw it on the Mums at Glenmire. That's actually got to be one of the coolest ideas of the day. Please can people bear in mind if you see someone out and about in a shop with small kids... Not every family has two adults who can look after them. If someone is bringing their kids to the supermarket, it may be because they have no choice, which is fair. Because there was a lot of anger directed at parents over the weekend uh, who were bringing their children to the supermarket. Now, if you have two fit and healthy adults, then leave them at home with the other one, if you can do that. But some people don't. A lot of people don't. 1850 715 996. I don't know if you've seen this on Facebook. Glebe Gardens, which is a beautiful place down in, in Baltimore, they, they posted this picture uh, of a letter. It's a letter to the coronavirus, written by a very small person. It's a letter to the coronavirus. You destroyed my birthday. You are the F word. It was written by, by, by Luca. Lizzie! Hello! He, he's very unhappy. <laughs> you know what? He's all right, actually. Maybe that was all the, it was the, you know, catharsis that he needed to get it out of his system. He's actually all right today. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's cool. It's a little card, a little piece of paper uh, to the coronavirus. You are the F word. <laughs> <laughs> he kept himself calm and didn't use it. I know. He was so good. He, I, um, yeah, he, he, he said, I don't know if I should be writing this. I said, go on, do it, do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> so you had to cancel the party, but you're still going to have cake. 
we're still going to have the cake. We're still going to... We, he's, he's Harry Potter mad, so he decided to make the whole day about Harry Potter. We'll do Harry Potter Lego. We'll do Harry Potter movies. We'll do a Harry Potter scavenger hunt. And we still got the cake anyway, so let's eat it. Great. Is he there? He's here. Can you put him on? All right. All right, Luca. Say hello. Hello. Hello, Luca. Hello. That was a very well-written note, young man. <laughs> and and you know what I'm going to do for you? See, seeing as you're missing your birthday party, what we are going to do is just play a little tune for you. Ooh. Yeah? Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. That make it a bit Thanks. easier, Luca. Thank you. You're more than welcome, young man. You're more than welcome. Have a great day, Lizzie. Yeah. Thanks very much. We will. We will. Take care now. See you. Right, bye, bye, bye bye. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. PJ, I don't want to end giving out on air, but I felt this needed saying. The text you received about a caller who rang up for a test and wouldn't pay forty euro. Uh, I work in a GP surgery as practice manager. I have worked 10-hour days all last week. We are exhausted from calls, prescription orders, trying to deal with normal patient flow and keep ourselves and our own families healthy. We're scared too, and I wish people would understand that GPs and their staff are at the front line on this. Many surgeries have had to close, but are offering phone consultations at a reduced rate. Please respect the immeasurable service of your GP and the unprecedented situation in which they find themselves. If they get sick, who looks after you? Which is a very valid point. Uh, hi PJ, can I ask, what is the government doing for our homeless people? Because these people are at risk as well. Have they got places for them so they can have shelter and be able to wash themselves? Uh, says Siobhan. Yeah, it, it, they're, they're very vulnerable. And as Katrina Toomey was saying down at the Penny Dinners, they are very vulnerable. Like, where do they self-isolate? Where do they go? Actually, I interviewed Katrina for the latest episode of my podcast, uh, 20 Minutes With, which you can find on Spotify, uh, to chat with Katrina about her, her life and work. If you're interested in that, um, you'll find it on Spotify and you go on my um, Twitter and you'll find it there as well. Now, how do we talk? We're talking about, you know, little things like Luca's birthday has been spoiled and Donna's doing the fitness classes for the kids. But how do we talk to the children about coronavirus? Because... We have to tell them, like, it's important and everybody's worried about it, but we don't want them getting frightened either. And that's a hard balance to reach. Let's get some expert help next. The Opinion Line on Courts 96 FM. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kill dried wood and gas. Solidfueldepot.ie I'm Demi. You can listen to the best hits non-stop playing the freshest and the sickest playlist all the time. Listen on our app or click 96fm.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. 
Now, Suzanne Connolly is Chief Exec at Barnardo's. Uh, Suzanne, good morning. Thanks for taking our good call. Good morning. Um, we have to sit the children down and explain to them as best we can, but we don't want to frighten them either. How do we do that? Yeah, that's exactly true. I think the first thing every parent needs to do is to check in with themselves and know how they're feeling because it's important that they're calm when they talk to their children. Now, it's completely understandable that a lot of parents can be actually quite anxious themselves. And it's before they chat their child, just think of a way that they've got support themselves, you know, so they can put that to one side. And when they talk to their child, they can, depending on the age of the child, they, they just stick to the facts and say it in a way that's, that the child can understand. But I have to say, I've, I heard about the little seven-year-old who, who's, who sent the card to the coronavirus. I just thought that was just a fantastic way mm. to help a child deal with what's a lousy situation for the child and to allow the child to express some anger. But it's such a healthy thing. And actually, the other thing I was saying for that parent, I presume for the parent as well, it keep, that keeps everyone's spirits up, which is really, really important because we need to both take what's, what's happening and recognise it's serious, but at the same time, try and, and stay positive, do things that are nurturing, that um, have a bit of fun if we can. Um, all those things, I think, are crucial in terms of daily life. Mm. Some people don't realize it but children know when you're lying so be truthful with them isn't that right that's absolutely the case and children will pick up really really quickly on 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 your on your level your mood as well which is so there's two things i'd like to first of all talk about mood so i think it's absolutely fine for parents to say look i am a little bit worried and you know if and this is what i'm trying to do to man you know to say but calm myself that's the first thing and then the other thing i think what 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 parents have to do is never falsely reassure a child because the last thing you want is for your child to lose trust in you because they've heard something from somebody else and you tried to to lessen something and then they heard that it wasn't the case. So, for example, one of the I wouldn't things I would think about, say if you have an, an older person in the family who might be a bit sick at the moment and the child says to you, is granny or granddad going to die? So that's obviously something that the parent themselves might be feeling quite anxious about the granny and granddad, but what you have to then say to the child, look, you know, you know, with with this virus or with this sickness, depending on the age of the child, you need to say, well, look, yeah, I am a bit extra worried, but the good thing is that the doctors are aware of that and we're doing everything we can to protect granny and granddad, and that's why we're not visiting. Yes, I was just going to get to that. And, and you know, and I feel desperately sorry for grannies and granddads, but I also feel sorry for kids, who, oh, grandchildren, yeah. who love their granddad and their, grand, and, and, and their granny to bits, and they want to give them a big hug and a kiss before they leave, and they yeah. can't right now. Yeah, and that is very sad. I mean, that is sad. You know, it's sad for everyone. And I suppose what you can think about, I mean, is is the, you know, if, if the granny and granddad are on FaceTime or if they're, if they're not and you just have to, you know, ring on the phone, you can give kisses down the phone. Yeah. You know, you can think of creative ways of, and you can say, of, of communicating. And you can also say things that we don't say often enough, I think, because I love you. Yeah. I love you. I'm worried about you. I'm giving you, like what I would sometimes say to people, I'm giving you a non-contact hug. You know, there's ways in which you can you can really sh- express your love and care mm. without having that physical contact. And that's not to say that it isn't something that everyone misses. Of course, the grannies and granddad really miss. And I'm sure, should the parents miss? And of course, the grandchildren do. But I think what we can say is we really are keeping keeping yeah. people safe, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my, my own brother and sister, they both have young kids. And we've made the decision over the weekend now that we're going to stay away from my mum for, for, for a week. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard, you know? It's actually, it is, it is very hard, and I think what's harder is we don't know how long that's going to be for, yeah. which is why I think 
we have to think of ways of keeping spirits up and that's different for different people so any way that we can we can stay connected um you know it could be doing doing a crossword over the phone or it could be you know granny and granddad are going to say you know maybe you could have with your child let's let's ask granny and granddad to tell us a story from their childhood every day so you make it something that's that's positive and creative and remember a lot of granny and granddads have lived through things so they, 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 there could be loads of ways in which they can stay connected to both their own children and their grandchildren okay so, i'll read stories over the phone yeah yeah so yeah don't lie but yeah. filter it down and and be age appropriate absolutely be age but and also we're saying to parents as well as god parents are doing a really really good job look after yourself and this as well you know yes you know, so so take the time. Whatever nurtures you, do it. I mean, it'll be different things for different people. And but but be gentle with yourself because it isn't. It really isn't an easy time. All right, listen. we all know that. All right, listen. Thanks for that, and thanks for your time, Suzanne Connolly, the CEO of Barnardos. Had a message from Sharon at Feed Cork, which is a food bank down in Lower Altplunker Street. They unfortunately have had to close until further notice because of the advice around COVID nineteen. Verifiable message, by the way. This is from Sharon Mullins uh, at Feed Cork. Uh, it's the right decision. It's hard, but it's the right decision. Uh, many of our clients are not on social media, so radio has never been so important. And hard to say that, but it's true. Also, can we emphasize that people know their air code? This is important. If you have to call the emergency services or a volunteer service, in, especially in a rural part, it'll be much easier to reach you and save time. And the latest version of Google Maps, if you're using it or able to use it, uh, it reads air code. And it's great. 1857 We will have a podcast of this show going up this afternoon. We're not here tomorrow. It's St. Patrick's Day. We will be back on Wednesday. Ronan Leonard. Our good friend of the show is doing quizzes online every evening at uh, 6.30 if anyone's looking for a bit of family-friendly crack. All right, that's it. Stay safe out there. Exercise social distancing. We'll play out on 10 seconds of this fella. This was the hero of the hour of the Homo del Giorno, as they say in Italian. Maurizio Marchini stood in his balcony the weekend in Florence and sang Nessun Dorma. And it's a little video that just has warmed up the world over the weekend as we deal with this horrible, horrible thing that is invading us. But you know what? We'll be okay. Hang together, lads. Enjoy St. Patrick's Day as best you can. And we'll talk to you Wednesday morning just after nine. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.